Live from a cigar store near you, it's the Cigar Authority with hosts Tommy Grello, Mr. Jonathan, and the worldwide authority on everything cigar, David Garofalo. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. We are the Cigar Authority, 603-952-4519, the Cigar Authority. My name's David Garofalo, and next to me is Tommy Grella. I love Saturday mornings. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. It's awesome. This is better than cartoons. That's what I say. Donuts and cigars. We are a two-hour radio show about premium cigars. How are we going to do it? Well, we do it every <laughs> week, and there's no problem with it. We have a new engineer with us today. Uh, the guy uh, in control here right now and getting uh, all the uh, problems worked out is Chuck. And, uh, what the Chuck? Attention FCC, <laughs> get off the button when he screws up. I will be yelling Chuck, number three in the most dirty words you ever heard. And it will, it will not be what you think it is. The word is Chuck. It's the third word on the seven words you can't say on TV or radio. Chuck. Yeah, the third one. That's right. <laughs> so Chuck Morrison, welcome aboard. Any problems that happen uh, today, we are blaming on Chuck. So uh, let me tell you about the show this week. Later on, from White Birch Brewing, it's a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire. The owner and brewmaster, Bill Herlicka, will be joining us, and we're going to be trying a brand-new brew from Bill. I love Bill. Nobody's going to have Bill had always this comes before. with beer. He comes with beer. He comes packing. He's a great guy. Um, we're going to smoke uh, a few cigars, including the Fleur de Lorraine. And E.P. Carrillo, which is a short-run cigar by Ernesto Perez Carrillo, who was the founder and maker of La Gloria Cubana. He's off on his own with his family now, and he came out with a short-run cigar, a small, small batch, before his regular brand is coming out. So we'll try that, too. If you're joining us for the first time, as I said, it's a two-hour show about cigars. Don't turn your dial yet. Stick around, because you're going to learn something, and you're going to learn the difference of what you think cigars are and what premium cigars are really all about, and we'll explain all that. We're going to eat a little. What do we got? Ribs. With, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. I've got to say this. With glaze. You've got to say it that way. you <laughs> oh, got to say, say it like that. You've got to say glaze. <laughs> it's, it's like dirty. It's filth. Okay. <laughs> ribs with glaze. So we're going to have uh, ribs, we're going to uh, drink uh, the White Birch Brew, whatever that new brew is going to be, and we're going to smoke a lot this week on the Cigar Authority. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And who's joining us this week? Uh, we're going to say hi to our friends at WWZN 1510 The Zone in Boston, WARL 1320 Positive Energy in Providence, WGAM 1250 ESPN Radio in Nashua, and WGHM 900 The Game in Manchester, New Hampshire. And as usual, you can watch us on thecigarauthority.com if you want to see video live. You can pick us up on Ustream.net or download it onto your pod, uh, on your iPod at podbean.com. And you can get that anytime, and you can uh, just download it, take it with you, and watch it or listen, actually listen to it whenever you want. But I recommend the thecigarauthority.com because we have a face for TV, not oh, radio. it's just, it really it's is better. smashing. But we don't want to take it away from the radio stations. Listen in, but check us out every once in a while on the thecigarauthority.com. You'll actually see the product as it's going on. So uh, this week, we are going to get right on to it, and we are going to open up a brand new box of Fleur de Lorraine. And why I chose a brand new box mm. instead of just grab one off the counter is that a brand new box of an uncellophane cigar. No cellophane on these cigars. An unopened box. The, the, the best part of it, this is like opening a new box of crayons when you're a kid. 
I, I love that when I was you get the new Crayola 64s. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much what it's like because the, it's the aroma of the it's initial. It's the adult version of that. It is. And they're beautiful. Oh, and, and, these are and, awesome. And you got one shot at this initial aroma opening a brand new box. This thing could have sat in this box for months. We don't know. It's a, it's a brand new cigar. I mean, a, a different brand could have been around for years and years, but give a smell to that. It's not mm. as good as the third time you smell it? <laughs> no, because it dissipates. <laughs> it dissipates. It's only good the first time. It's just the first time. It's, it's like being in third grade in September, the first day of art, and you open up that box of 64 Crayolas. Nothing like better that. than that. But this is for adults. Yeah. This is like opening the crayon adult for version. adults. Yeah. So let's say you opened it, didn't smell it, and then smelled it later. It wouldn't be the no, same. No, it's not the same. Not the same. Anything le- less than that would be like acting. It's like wasting the good surprise at a birthday party. <laughs> Wrong person comes in. You say surprise. The second surprise, never as good. No. That, that's Mr. Jonathan talking off camera right now. Mr. Jonathan has retired and moved on to bigger and better things. But he's here anyway. First of all, you're bogarting the mic. Second of all, you, you gave yourself a cigar. You oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got so excited from the aroma of it. I'm yeah, sorry. The aroma. This is this is a, a aesthetically a beautiful cigar. It really is. This let me let me find the information on this. This is a um, Honduran. Honduran. Cigar. Honduran. Small little factory out of Honduras, Flor de Lorraine. This is um, a five tobacco blend meaning five different tobaccos go into making up the cigar. The outside wrapper is from Ecuador. So it's an Ecuadorian wrap cigar, and looking at it, it's kind of a dull finish. You know, sometimes you see shiny wrappers. This is kind of a dull dull finish on it, a little bumpy. Um, on the, it's on not the, po- polished. Right. Sometimes they hand polish them. So this is not a polished cigar. It's, it is a Nicaraguan binder and a Dominican Nicaraguan and Honduran filler. So this is very complex. A lot going on with the cigar. And um, as, as I said, aesthetically, it's beautiful. Beautiful round head cap. Beautiful. And as we cut the cigar, we're going to use a polio cutter this week. You're going to look at a, at a premium cigar, and you're going to see on the, on the cap almost the shoulder of the cap as it rounds out. Try to cut above that. Taking off just a little bit. Just a little bit. You're not trying to take off uh, a quarter of an inch. You're trying to take off just a little just bit. Just enough to open it up because a premium cigar needs to be cut. You need just a cigar tip, cutter. Just for a minute. Just to see how it feels. That's it. <laughs> there, there you go. Now, now what I want to do here man. <laughs> is I want to pre-taste the cigar. I want to taste it before I even light it. And see... The flavors it has, because it's going to be different. But this is part of it. This is, this is um, swishing the, the wine around in your glass and giving it a smell. You, you're looking at it. You're rolling it in your fingers. You're feeling the construction of it, how well assembled it is, any soft spots or anything like that. You, we're taking the whole thing in. We're going to make a whole thing of, of smoking a premium cigar. Well, lighting a cigar is kind of a ritual. Yeah. All right? And so you should practice the ritual Every time. The, the way that's going to optimize your smoking experience. Because you're paying, in this case, you know, five, six, seven dollars for a cigar, depending on which size you're buying, okay? Yeah. You want to make sure that you optimize your, your investment, right? Pre light, I'm getting a little pear, a little fruitiness, specifically. Absolutely. Pear. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you. Mr. Jonathan, uh, who's been our producer from the beginning, unfortunately, yep. is at the end of his career with our show. And yeah. I am really going to miss, truly and honestly, as much as I rag on him, I'm going to miss 
his assimilations and flavors. Well, he lives local, and he will be around whether he likes it or not. He's going to come by. He's, it's going to be hard to stay away. That's what I'm going to say. It's going to be hard to stay away. I, I said to Dave this week, I already missed the show. I hadn't been off for a week. I missed it. Wasn't even off yet. No, I asked him if I could come on today as a guest, and I'm filling in a little bit, producing back here, having fun with Chuck. It's good. Make sure he's doing the right thing because we don't want to have to redo this once, twice, or three times. That would be crazy. <laughs> you wouldn't want to do something it's, like it's that. It's not the way you want to start producing no, a show. No, no, because it's, you, you get negative feelings right off the bat. It's just not the way to go. You, you want to do it right the first time because it's that important. This is an important show to us anyway. I've got mine lit. Okay. I am tasting. You guys are tasting pear. That's what you said, too. And the initial light. I, I, I can see I can see, yeah. I can see the little sweetness to it, but I have warm raisins. Warm raisins. I'm yeah. with Mr. Jonathan on the pear thing. Yeah, Dave's a fail on that one. No, I, it's strong as can be. I have warm raisin taste to it. It's, it's a little sweet. It's, uh, I, I can see what you're saying on pear, but. You know what flavor you get when you heat raisins on a really low heat? What? Pear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that I have it lit, spice. Now oh, as spice. How I'm lighting this is I'm toasting the cigar. I'm not, and I'm using a jet flame lighter. We're using the HC Havana Collection uh, jet lighter. This is a tabletop triple jet lighter. Which uh, I, I use in my pocket. I carry it around all the time, even though it's the biggest lighter you've ever seen. Right? <laughs> I just like, like it for shock value. Nice. It, it's an awesome lighter. And, and what I'm saying is you, you, what you do is, even if you're using a match or whatever, you don't put the flame to the cigar itself. You put it away and you toast it like you would be toasting marshmallows. Yeah, exactly. Okay? so and You, you don't want to burn it. You just want to toast it. Toast it, toast it, toast it. Now when it gets all toasty and stuff and it's ready, then put the cigar to your mouth. Keep the flame still far away. And as you take a couple draws into it, you'll notice the flame will jump. From the lighter, from the match, from whatever you're using, it'll jump over to the cigar, turn the cigar, and try to get an even burn. Because what you do at the beginning of the cigar, how you cut it, how you light it, is going to determine the whole one-hour process Mm -hmm. you're going to go through. So spend a minute, 30 seconds, whatever. Spend a minute on it. Make it so it comes out right. It's part of the whole experience. And that's what premium cigars are about. It's a a complete experience. It's it's, everything... um, Every sense that you have, it's smell, taste, feel, everything you have. So try to put everything into it, and you're going to get a good, good experience of premium cigars. And that's what you're trying to do. Not once in a while when you're paying attention. Every single time. Yeah. Make the experience well, as good it's, as possible. It's a relaxing ritual. That's the point. Mr. Jonathan, a little cayenne in the back of the throat. Cayenne, yeah. really? <clears throat> you guys. Are- I had cayenne ice cream last year at an event that I was doing. I would love that. And this reminds me of the cayenne ice cream. A little bit of creaminess. I'm still getting a hint of pear skin on, on the front of my palate. Yep. Some cinnamon I in the middle. Cinnamon. And yep. then in the very back, the cayenne from the cayenne ice cream. I can't, you know, I can't believe this, but again, your palate's unbelievable. It really, his palate is really tremendous. Maybe 
someday you guys take a day off from the show. I fill in. I could be Tommy. I could be Dave. Yeah, I don't well, know. I don't well, know about I, that. In, in, three, <laughs> in three weeks, I am going away to the IPCPR, International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailer Trade Show. Biggest thing every year. There's thousands and thousands of people that go. I have to be there. I actually sit on the board of directors of it. I have to be there for more than a week. Yeah. So I am going to miss a Saturday. So we're going to need somebody. I'm DJing a wedding that week. Ah, right off the bat, you're doing Bam. something. So we're gonna have to find. We're gonna have to do something. We'll do something. We can't have a greatest hit yet because we haven't been on that long. So you know who we should call? We Ghostbusters. Should, we should call Victor Vitali. Ah, he'll, he'll be there. He'll too. be gone too, though. Ever, oh. Anybody who's anybody in this business, except the Cigar Authority, will be. Except for me. Maybe we can pull that off, and then we will have to do the show live from there. We could do that. We do the live sh- live show from the IPCPR. That would be a good show, actually. It's too bad Chuck doesn't have a mic right now because I stole it. Yeah. we could ask him if he's willing to travel. You willing to travel, Chuck? Chuck, so you know about Chuck Morrison. Chuck travels every single week because Chuck works for the New England Patriots. He's the sound guy for the New England Patriots. I hear he does a good job for the New England Patriots. We'll see what happens here on the Cigar Authority. This is a little tougher here. Sometimes you've got to do this a couple of times. It's not the, you don't get it out on the first shot here. No, sometimes you've got to you know, take three or four times to yeah, get it shot. It's hard to believe, but mm-hmm. it's too bad we're not live on the radio. Still. Right. No, we're live. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I, I was ready to go off the board on that number three and go live <laughs> into, into not saying Chuck. <laughs> oh, this is such a great show. There is three sizes of Fleur de Lorraine. It's the Quatre, meaning four in French. Oh, Cinque. really? You speak French? Well, I do on number six. Cinque is number five. And you know what number six is in French? How do you say six in French? Les six et vous. It's six. That's what are you, it. Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> yeah. Les per. <laughs> Un smellez-vous fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love cartoons. Pepe. Cartoons are the greatest. Oh. There'll be a fourth size coming out at the trade show this year called Sept, which is Sept, September. September is the ninth uh, month, so you would imagine this would be the number nine, but it's actually the number seven because Sept in French means seven. I don't get it, but Sept. that's it. That should be coming out at the trade show. And uh, this cigar runs. We're smoking the Sink, which is the number five. And this is a five and a half inch long by 54 ring gauge. A ring gauge is one sixty-fourth of an inch. So this would be 54 sixty-fourths of an inch. So very close to an inch in circumference. So it's kind of thick cigar, 54. A little bit more than an inch in circumference, isn't it? No, 64 sixty-fourths. This would be 54 sixty-fourths. That's why I think it's 54. Is A ring gauge is measured in millimeters. No, it is. A ring gauge is one sixty-fourth of an inch. One ring gauge equals one sixty-fourth of an inch. So a sixty-four ring gauge, which is very, very thick, yeah. is one is one inch in circumference. So it's circumference or diameter? Circumference. Okay. Um, so what else? We talked about um, the blend of it, and now we're getting into the taste lit and dramatically different than dramatically different. Are you sure pre-light? that it's circumference? Yes. Because yeah, yeah, it's I bought the box of six by sixties. And it looks like it's an inch thick, it's which an inch would make around. it three inches around. Oh, if you've got a tape measure, it's an inch around. All right. That's why I'm the Cigar Authority. All right. Where's the tape measure? Do we have a so tape we measure? we the tape measure. I'm right. All right. Well, we're just going to. All right. You're just going to second guess me. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. You always thought that was an inch, huh? <laughs> wow. I'm not, I'm not, this, this is supposed to be a, a you know, rated G program here. It's, it is rated G. You always thought that was an inch. <laughs> so these, these premium cigars are not the things that you, that you see at the convenience store. And what I'd like to say here is there, there is a difference. There's a dramatic difference in the stuff at the convenience stores in a premium handmade cigar. Yeah, it's it's look two different animals altogether. It's like Completely. the difference between it's not an apple fettuccine and an Alfredo and Kraft macaroni and cheese. Right. Okay. Even worse than that. I mean, they, so they both have macaroni or something, but this is this is very very different. So what I want to say is that anybody out there that's just going to go by the convenience store, they listen to the show and say, "Let me go get a cigar and see what these guys are all about." A premium handmade cigar needs to be in a humidifier. It'll just dry out in a couple of days. It yeah. needs humidifying. It needs to be opened up at the other end because it's completely sealed off at one end. Yeah. It doesn't work unless you cut it. It is all tobacco. The ingredients of a premium cigar is tobacco, tobacco, tobacco. It's tobacco leaves rolled up, period. That's it. There is no extra ingredients. Look at the packs of those other there's things. No, there's no paper. There's right. no, there's no, it's no other. processed in, other, in any way. The tobacco was literally fermented and rolled. Yep. It, it, there's no process of chemicals. There's no dyeing. There's no... And you don't inhale this product. It's not like a cigarette and you inhale it. You will get sick right. if you inhale it. Yeah, I know for people that smoke lots of cigars, you may have accidentally done it once or twice in your life. It, it's very hard to do it the third time. It's bad. I mean, you don't do it. You, it it's like um, fine wine tasters. They swish the, cigar, the, the wine in their mouth. They spit it out, uh-huh. and then it's about what flavors are they getting in right. the taste. So what you do with a fine cigar is you take it into your mouth, swish it around, blow it out, and then it's the flavor. It's the after flavor that you end up getting. Can I uh, yeah. interject briefly? Sure. My entire life, my entire childhood, my dad forced me into construction. I had to measure things. Sometimes I had to use my eye and eyeball it. I could tell that the cigar that I was smoking was close to an inch across. Okay. We just measured it. It's three inches around, which would make it an inch across. Diameter, not circumference. That's right, David. You were wrong. <laughs> no way. You, me- you measured We just that- measured it. You measured that cigar yeah. around. And that's three I, 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 knew, I was trying to tell you that. Yeah. It's you not got your diameter and your circumference mixed up, which is why... You're a cigar retailer, not a mathematician. <laughs> or an accountant. Uh, well, well, I stand corrected. Or a financial from, advisor. From end to end, not lengthwise, obviously, because we said it was five and a half inches. But from the foot of the cigar, from one corner to the other, if there, if there was a corner to it, it's a round circle. That is one inch. That's one inch. Three what, inches what is around. A, what is a one inch? From the... This cigar? That no, is one inch. The six by 60. Six by sixty-four. Well, the one that I have, the six by sixty, is about an inch. It's four sixty-fourths okay. away. Okay, so so across uh, the foot of the cigar across the this end. way, yeah, top to bottom, not around, one inch. Right. So that's how ring gauge is measured. Diameter. Di- di- diameter, not circumference. Okay, radius, stand, diameter, I, I stand and circumference. Cor- I stand corrected if that's the way it is, but that almost gonna, sounds like you're not wrong when you say it that uh, way. I'm, I'm, David Minning's wrong? Come on. No. 
I don't know. I, How, I, it look, would give me great satisfaction if he actually said the words, I was wrong. But you don't have to. I don't want to. <laughs> when we come back if from we break. get it on radio, that would be beautiful. When we come back from break, uh, we're actually better off when we are on break, off the radio. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll say it. Maybe. <laughs> But even then. Hey, we, we want the truth here. We no get what. some serious mileage out of this. this hey, Dave, what's the circumference of that? I mean, <laughs> how many times can we reuse this? <laughs> we can use this many, many times. Well, th- and this is what it's all about. This is the Cigar Authority, and we want the truth in this. And if, if we're wrong on it, let us know. If we're that's wrong. Right. We, we, no, need that's get, right. we need to get this right. Whatever yeah. it is, we want. We, we need are it. the Cigar Authority. By the way, this Fleur de Lorraine, I'm liking it. I like it, too. Uh, it is spicy and it is complex to me. There's a lot of stuff going There's a on. A lot going on. Subtly, mm-hmm. it's it's not over the top. Uh, lots of going on. Wow! No. Boom! 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 Like fireworks or something. No. Lots of subtleties happening here. Pay attention to it. It's really good. Lots of flavor though too. You're looking at six dollars and thirty cents retail on the cigars. Cigar we're doing. So anyway, there's the sound. We're gonna come back. And uh, we're going to tell you about an auction for Churchill Memorabilia. Winston Churchill Memorabilia. you yeah. never guess what, they, what they're auctioning off. Russian Cigar Magazine names their Cigar of the Year. And we're going to smoke and drink and have a good time. Stick around. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And I'll do my apologies then. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. We do everything from TV to radio and weddings to backyard barbecues. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we will tailor a package to fit your needs. Reach me at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or by phone 603-475-1391. Hi. This is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I would like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's stogie heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1 on Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Nashua, and Seabrook, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have put three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax-free New Hampshire or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars anywhere and single cigars too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven. Get in on the ground floor of our new show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority reaches a strong audience of educated consumers with disposable incomes. We will tailor a commercial to fit your needs from post-production to the finished product. Email us at ads at thecigarauthority.com. That's ads at thecigarauthority.com. Get in on our team and team up with the Cigar Authority. White Birch Brewing is the home of finely crafted small batch beers. My friend, owner and operator Bill Herlicka's goal is to brew great beer for the beer enthusiast. Let me tell you from experience, folks, this guy is all about quality. White Birch Brewing is a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire that takes an artisan approach to brewing. Bill releases unique interpretations of Belgian styles, barley wines, imperial stouts, and wild ales. Each batch is bottle conditioned and aged at the brewery. It's a slow process, but one they wouldn't trade for anything. Ask your local retailer for White Birch beers or go to whitebirchbrewing.com. 
Our friends at White Birch Brewing are as passionate about beer as the Cigar Authority is about... Food? No. Cigars. Cigars. Yeah, that makes sense. Grella Financial is a multi-generational, wholly independent financial planning firm. Family owned and operated, all of their clients are treated like extensions of their family. They'll take the time to find out what is truly important to you for making great financial decisions. Unlike working with larger firms and talking to voicemail, you are assured to talk with Tom Sr., Tom Jr., Joanne, or Bridget Grella every time. Going through a divorce, selling a business, inheriting money, or about to retire? Consider calling the Grella family at 800-752-7235 or visit them on the web at grellafinancial.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Hey, Sammy B here. Sammy B's Custom Carpentry. Foundation to finish and everything in between. Find a job I can't do. I dare you. At Sammy B's Custom Carpentry, I build everything myself. So you know it's American made and built to last. I don't subcontract. I'm committed to getting a job and I'm committed to finishing the job personally. Call for a brochure and references. 603-553-2345. If you can dream it, I can build it. Sammy B's 603-553-2345. Fine one mammal. Is that fine young cannibals? No, this is, um, oh, who is this? This is Nick Perdomo's next door neighbor. Is this not? Yeah. Nick Nick Perdomo's next door neighbor. Really? Who is that? I don't know. Really? I don't remember. I I forget. I know you told me at one point, but I forget. Mr. Jonathan. KC. KC the Sunshine Band. That's it. Uh, this is the Cigar Authority. It's who we are, 603-952-4519 is the number. If you have any questions, you want to know what this is all about, we are back. And uh, we got lots going on. We're smoking Fleur de Lorraine right now. And a question came up with, is it the circumference of the cigar being a ring gauge or, uh-huh. is, or is it a cross? And here it is, everybody. If we had a drum roll, I would say drum roll, please. <laughs> I was mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the word we asked you to use. I thought I made a mistake, and I really didn't. There was the mistake right there. No, I made a mistake. Um, deep dish is a 58 ring gauge, huh? According to the book. Okay. So I'm looking at a um, Camacho. This is a Camacho, Connecticut, and this is supposedly a 60 ring gauge cigar. So it should be just less than an eighth. Seven eighths. So I go across it, yeah. which would be not circumference. Diameter. Diameter. Mm-hmm. The diameter. And it is about seven eighths. Yep. So there it is correct. Yes. That it is the di it is the diameter. Diameter, not circumference. Circumference okay. you measure it all the way around. I should have been paying attention. Diameter is from edge to edge. Radius is from the center to the edge. So now we're, lo- we're looking at a, um, what do we say? It's a 58? Deep dish is a 58? 58-inch box press, though. This is a box press cigar. So the, the, what I was curious about on this was how would they measure a square cigar? Well, before they box press it. And it's not quite square. It's actually a rectangle. Yeah. But again, they, they measure before they box press it. Yeah, because they box press it after. All right, go ahead. Well, like a television set. Yeah, you, you measure it from corner to corner. Corner to corner. Uh, I remember uh, putting 
making a space for a TV, and I knew how long it was going to be, and I said, beautiful, it's going to f- end up fitting here. Yeah. And then I got it, and there was actually plenty of room because they measured from corner to corner and right across from it. Right. So there was actually too much room. I could have went for the biggest set. Yeah. And you know I want the biggest one I can possibly oh, get. Yeah. So if you ever come to uh, a two guys up in the private club, you'll see a space there, and there's some space on each end of the TV. I would have got the bigger one. Right. But I didn't understand that that's how they measured. Measured diagonally, right. So I wonder if that's the way it works here on a square cigar. Yeah. And the answer is yes. Oh, so they're measuring it after it's box pressed then, is what you're Cor- telling me? Corner to corner. Unless they're supposed to do it the other way around, and I don't know that answer. But I know on, on certain box press padrones, the ring gauge seems awful small to me. Yeah. Yet it says what the ring gauge is, and it must be corner to corner. Right. That must be the way it goes. Again, not knowing that answer for sure, but that's what we're going to we'll go with right now until we hear differently. And then we'll tell you the truth, and uh, if we have to say uh, Tommy was wrong, we'll say Tommy was wrong. Wow. <laughs> that's beautiful. Now, I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I, I think half of it was not understanding circumference as opposed right, to um, right. diameter and radius. Um, I'm loving this Fleur de Lorraine. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a very, very flavorful. And as you said, there's a lot of subtle nuances to this cigar. A lot of cigar for six bucks here, I'll tell you a that. A lot of cigar for six bucks. And I like the fact that it comes uncellowed. Um, a cigar like this with this kind of flavor is going to benefit from age. When you buy a box of these cigars and the individual cigars do not have cellophane, you can age that box of cigars in your humidor as is in the original box, and they're going to get better. And we'll see that. We're going to actually put a box aside, and a year from now, we'll pull the thing out. We'll smoke a new one. We'll smoke an old one. See if there's well, a there's a problem with that. Yeah. The problem with that is the blend. The blend changes. Will from, the blend change? From time to time. Because, look, they, they grow the tobacco. They start aging and fermenting it. The, what they're using to make the cigar today isn't the same exact tobacco that they're using later. As a matter of fact, we know this from, from yes. our experience. But the manufacturers actually change the blends to keep the cigar consistent in taste. In taste. Because right. one year, La Hera will be a little stronger than the next, so they'll use a little less or a little more, blah, blah, blah. So the blend will actually change a little bit to try and keep the taste consistent. As a chef, and you're a chef. I am. As a chef, do you have to change a recipe? Let's say you were making some sort of sauce, and you usually use certain kinds of tomatoes. And, yes. And it's a different time of year, and you yes. can't get that kind of tomato, so you have to change it. Now, does the whole sauce change? Uh-huh. You Absolutely. Change, you have to change everything. Absolutely. Matter of fact, what you'll hear is, uh, particularly here in the Merrimack Valley, where we have old-school Italians. I, I love my, my heritage, okay? But old-school Italians are cheap as the day is long, okay? They're cheap. So they love to buy this yellow can of... What the heck is the name pastine. of it? The pastine tomatoes. Kitchen okay, ready. Okay, kitchen ready. That's I what like they buy. them. They're garbage. Really? Yeah, they're garbage. So you'll hear a lot of the old Italians say... Pastine was a local company, and that's why it did so well right. around here. I don't know if And they're more. very, very inexpensive. So you'll, you'll hear them say, well, yeah, I put a little sugar in my sauce. You know why they do that? Because the tomatoes need it. If you get a tomato that's ripened properly, you need no sugar in the sauce. Or sometimes they'll add a little carrot to sweeten it up. Okay, you don't need to do that. You buy great quality tomatoes, it doesn't require it. So if you ended up, 
you, you were having you, you were hired to say be a chef at somebody's house for something, uh-huh. and they had the ingredients there for you. And all of a sudden, you walk in and you're supposed to make a certain sauce, and you see the the pastine. Uh, well, I would never do that. Now, the great great point. When you and I have gone away together and I've cooked, yeah. What's one of the things that I always do? We have to go shopping. We do the shopping ourselves, right? Right. We were in Dominican Republic. This is hilarious. We're in yeah. Santiago, Dominican Republic, at this guy's house. We we you know I speak a little bit of Spanish, but we don't speak a lot. Yeah. And I'm. Trying to get us to an Italian delicatessen, which is, I don't know. It sounded impossible, but we found it, one. We found one. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack, an and, Italian and, delicatessen in Santiago. And we bought everything. Yeah, they, <laughs> they thought they hit the lottery when we walked into the door. But that's true story. right. When, we, when I cook, you'll notice that I always try and bring my own ingredients. And you'll say to me, oh, Tommy, don't worry about it. I'll go shopping for you. You know, there's a reason I do that. Right. Because I know that the best ingredients make the best quality product. And that's the same is true here with tobacco. And that's why a great manufacturer doesn't even just want to buy their own tobacco. They want to grow it. Right. Right. right? So they have complete so control. So they have complete control of the ingredient from beginning to the end. That's, a, that's something that you're saying there. And I've had you over my house before uh, having a pizza party. I have an outdoor pizza uh, Pizza oven, yeah. Pizza oven outside. And I said, I'll pick everything up and stuff. Just come over in if you want to make some pizza. No, no, no. I'm going to get the stuff. Right. No, I don't want you to do that. No, no, no. I want to do it. Right. Nah, that That's makes why. Because I'd buy the, the, the stuff you don't like or that you know is going to require. It's too difficult for me to tell you, okay, I need you to get La Regina. To me. You don't know where to get them. You're going to go. La- uh. I'm going to say you buy a can of tomatoes. You're going to go buy a can of pastine. And I'm going to be like, oh, well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have to because I got a whole case in the house. But it, you go to some of the top restaurants in the country, okay, they either have their own small gardens. I mean, some of the th- this is one of the newest things happening in restaurants, okay, yeah. is restaurants will, will do um, farm-to-table right in their own processes. This right. f- famous uh. place in, in uh, Maine right now that's been up and coming where they actually have their own farm and, and – um, create their own, not create their own, but, you know, grow their own pigs, too. It's the White Barn or something like that? No, the White Barn's in, in Kennebunk. That's one of the only five-star restaurants in New England. Okay. That's a real famous place. And but they grow some of their own stuff. They right do, they do yeah. that as well. But this is something that's becoming even more and more prevalent, is not only will they grow their own herbs and grow their own vegetables, but then they'll have their own chickens, they'll have their own pigs, and, and create everything to have the top control. And that's... That's why a premium cigar is that good. And we have seen over the years so many cigar manufacturers that, that were buying tobacco from other places right. and getting very, very frustrated and changing their blends and changing their brands. And then all of a sudden, you see fields and fields behind their factory. Oh, we're making our own uh, tobacco and stuff. Wow, all that work. You're talking about 400 people that are working these farms and stuff. Are you sure you want to do it and just buy it from the other person and get the finish? No, I need consistent control, control and quality. But now it's, you can do it the other way, okay, but you have to have the ultimate relationships. And we had Steve Soccer on the show once talking about this. Yeah. He makes a deal with a farmer, and the deal is that you're going to buy all the tobacco that he creates, and they have a collaborative. Right. Okay? And, you know, I'm saying this because I'm thinking of my, our friend Hanky Kellner. Yeah. who runs Davidoff. Okay, they don't grow their own tobacco. They buy almost everything that they use. Ecuador grows all their wrapper, for example, well, which you, is the you, Perez family. But you know the new cigar they have, the Puro de Oro. Is all Dominican. Their, and it's all their own farm. It's all their own farm so now. So they're, 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 they're going to that there. too. But, he's, but for years, right. he bought all of his tobacco. And again, he still buys 99% of his wrapper from the Perez family in Ecuador, as yep. most people buy wrapper from them. 
okay? And they, they have a, a collaborative, a deal. They visit the farm. They talk to them. They, it's different than just going off the shelf and going to a store and saying, let me see what you got for tobacco and I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, and that's what a premium cigar is. We talk about how unbelievable a premium cigar is and, and why it's so high quality and why it's so good. These are the nuances that they take. It's like going to the best restaurants in Boston or New York or, or San Francisco and getting, you know, the, the best whatever, you know, the best red snapper. But yeah. The, okay. That's what a premium cigar is. Right. That's and, how good it is. And that's why you don't buy one off the shelf for 50 cents in a drugstore or a convenience store or something. Oh, yeah. A premium no. cigar. Some people look at it and say, you know, $10 oh, for, right. a, for a cigar. That you're going to burn. Right. Well, let's sit and do it the right way and properly, and all, all of a sudden you'll say, wow, that was a great hour. Right. You know, it, it, you know, it, as it is a fine wine, right. as it is a great, great meal or something. So premium cigars is the finer things in life, and we have to do it right, and that's what the Cigar Authority is all about. Now, I want to tell you about uh, a Churchill auction. We know uh, we've recently had some Churchill auctions that come up, and some of his memorabilia shows up each and every time. This time, it's not a cigar. but um, Winston, Meaning an auction of Winston Churchill, Churchill memorabilia. memorabilia. Okay. And uh, we saw that many times, but this is something that um, went in his mouth. So what, what could it be? It's, uh, or, or this is something that would house his cigars. You know, so what could this be? And so it's cigar-related memorabilia that's so, for auction. Somewhat. Somewhat. And, and you know, what is it going to be? It's, you know, I'm, it was almost teased to me how it was going to be. So I said, no, it's his cigars. And they said, no, but you're close. It's something where he put his cigars in. And I said, his humidor. They're selling his humidor. Well, that would make sense. Well, it's not his humidor. So what could it be? His ashtray? What is it going to be? I don't know. This is a Winston Churchill memorabilia, the first of its kind, and it's going to be auctioned off later this month, and it is Winston Churchill's false teeth. <laughs> well, that's where he put a cigar. That's right. <laughs> so, so they're auctioning off Winston Churchill's false teeth. Gold-mounted dentures were custom-built for the gums that gave the inspirational speeches, and they are auctioning it off. Uh, they call it a set of teeth, but it, it's uh, his dentures, basically. And they are coming up for auction later in the month. His false teeth, the latest item. The great spokesman uh, will go, uh, his teeth will go under the hammer at Norfolk Sales Room. Previously sold, uh, they've previously sold half-smoked cigars and his ashtray. But this time, it's his partial dentures. He had a half-smoked cigar that sold for $6,800. Okay? They're estimating that his false teeth are going to go for about $7,500. <laughs> for what? what? What do you have there? These are Winston Churchill's false teeth. Well, isn't that great? How do you prove it? Well, they, they, know, it, they know it is. Um, it, this, this comes, I guess, from uh, his dentist or whatever. and They had kept it for, for the longest time. Winston Churchill died in 1965. Obviously, a great, great cigar smoker died in his 80s. And uh, love, love cigars, and it'll be interesting to see um, what this thing goes for. It's, but there's a, there's a gap in the teeth. That's what gave him the slight lisp that he had when well, he talked. Well, it was actually were created specially to hide his slight lisp. Oh, to hide the... Yeah. His dentures were created a specific way to try and hide the slight lisp that he had. And, he, you know, he was a great leader, obviously, in, in Britain over, uh, during the Second World War and known for his speeches. So you can't be a guy who lisps. Yeah. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I don't even... Yeah. This is, this is Winston Churchill talking. 
I'm a great leader, and this is really important time for us. Right. You, you can't do that. So he actually had his dentures specially created to help hide his lisp. Okay. Isn't that amazing? So I guess, yeah, they're worth 7,500 well, pounds. Yep. Let's follow it. Let's see what he ends up getting for Winston Churchill's false teeth. I will not be putting a bid on that. No? I will you, not you, be putting a bid. Did you put a bid on any of his cigars? I did. Did you get any of not them? Not even close. Really? Well, as you said, I mean, half smoked cigar for that kind of money. How much was that again? It, it sold for uh, $6,800, a half smoked cigar. Uh, how do you get a half-smoked cigar from Winston Churchill? I remember doing a cigar dinner. We had Red Owl back at the cigar dinner. Yeah, I remember that. And this guy chewed his cigar. It was slimy. It, you know, he, he just shoved the thing in his mouth. He chewed on it while he smoked it. And he was a customer. He used to buy his cigars from us years ago. And uh, he put his cigar down, lit the next cigar, and I saw one of my customers, one of the guys at the, at the dinner, came over grabbed the cigar out of the ashtray, and threw it in his little Ziploc bag. And I looked at him like, you got to be kidding me. Well, actually, not, not a bad idea, right? Now Red's dead, and the cigars, he could auction it off for $6,800. Yes, and after it dried out a bit or something, but it, it was like getting a turd out of the toilet. To uh. me. It was gross when he ended up doing it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Now, what did Red Auerbach smoke? Hoy de Monterey, double claro. Double like Claro, Claro, green, the green, green stuff. Double Claro, double wrapped. Uh, I hated it. I, I, I would yeah, try every one. Claro cigars. I would order it just special for him, and every once in a while, I would, I would get a cigar out of a humidor and say, what am I missing here? But in the 50s, in the early days of his Everything early days. Everything was Claro. Yeah, it was, it was called Claro at that time was called AMS, Ameri- American Market Selection. Uh, English Market Selection, No, right? that's EMS, which is brown. AMS was the American market selection, ah. and that was green cigars. And green is, you know the fermenting process. They right. hang it up, and they let the thing dry out. Right. Well, that doesn't happen. They go from a green leaf yeah. and age it to a small, small degree, but not to that high temperature. Yeah. Dry it out to a certain degree uh, slowly, but at a low, low temperature so the thing didn't uh, turn brown. It never brown. turns brown. And it has a grassy, uh, bitter taste to it. Yeah, I don't like I, I Camacho made one for a while for actually as a St. Patrick's Day promotion. Right. Okay. And Fuente still makes a Claro wrap cigar. I've smoked them both, and I, I, I don't care for them at all. No. And, and it was big in, in the U.S. in the 50s, early 60s. That's what it was all about. And yeah, Red Cuba made a it. ton of Claro products and, and, at yeah, the time, didn't they? Because the American market at the time, that was before uh, the Cuban embargo of 62. Wow. But uh, the American market at that time liked uh, grassy, uh, bitter-tasting cigars. Yeah. And that has dramatically changed over the years, yeah. for sure. So um, that was the story there. What else do I want to say? I can't believe this cigar, by the way. I'm about halfway through this Fleur de Lorraine. It's mellowed out big time, but it's still got a lot of great, subtle flavors. And I'm going to be honest, the first time I smoked this cigar, I thought, eh, it's all right. I didn't love it. I think Havy blinded me on it, as a matter of fact. Okay, we, we blind test taste our employees. We blind taste test us uh, every single day. That means um, give, somebody, stay on our toes. give somebody a cigar, take the band off it, because the truth is, you know, a lot of people will say that you get maybe 60, 70% of the flavor of a cigar comes from the outside wrapper, the outside leaf of the cigar. Yeah, My we, belief right. is that you're getting more than that out of the cigar band itself. Right. The paper around it. Psychologically, you look at it, you have predetermined what 
the cigar is going to taste like Based it on if, the wrapper. if you like it or not. So the true way to do it, to really get up on your game and really know your stuff, is to smoke cigars blind. unbanded, blind. And uh, believe me, in a short period of time, you are going to get keen. You're going to be able to detect the country of origin, the type of tobacco, who made it. It's amazing what ends up happening. You it seem is. like a genius with knowing the product. Yeah. And I would imagine that happens in the wine industry, that people just pour a glass of wine to somebody. Well, you have to, to, get, to get your sommelier uh, to become a grand sommelier. You have to do a test where you name wines, um, and you need, need to know grape varietals, okay, and regions. Blind. Blind. So you need to be able to detect grape varietals, and where they really make it difficult is by blending the grape varietals, and then you have to try and detect what the blend is. And that's, that would make this tasting impossible. We're tasting a cigar that has tobacco from three different countries, five different kinds of tobacco and all, okay, and from three different countries. This cigar is nearly impossible to, to, to try and detect. Right. They ended up telling us what it was, but uh, there's some companies out there that do not tell their blend. They no. will not tell what the cigar is made of and, and what it is, so uh, they want to keep it a secret because they don't want to copy it. Right. And there's so many strains of, of different tobaccos and varieties and, and primings and things like that that there's a million combinations that could happen. Right. So it's very, very hard to end up uh, saying what it is. But you're right, though. Doing the blind tastings um, is a fantastic way to learn more about tobacco. As a matter of fact, there's a few friends of mine that will often say, what are you smoking lately? And I'll give them to them without the bands on because I don't want them to have the premonition of, of what they're going to think of it ahead of time. Right. Right. And it's fun. It's, it's part of the thing, too. If you've been smoking cigars for a long, long time, you know, somebody blind tests you on something, really throw you for a loop after a while. And, you know, you, you want to get it right. and You're really starting to pay attention and you enjoy the cigar even more if you pay attention to it. When I'm busy, sometimes I like I have the, the luxury of smoking cigars everywhere. I mm-hmm. smoke them at work. I smoke them at home. I smoke them every, in the car. I smoke them everywhere. So I have that luxury. But sometimes I don't even know. I just light a cigar, cut and light it. And I'm busy doing something, and somebody will say, I'm at the end of the cigar, and say, hey, what did you think of that cigar? And I go, you know what? I wasn't even paying attention. I know. Well, that's and that's sad. a shame, but it's, it'll be something that I already knew. When somebody gives me a blinded c- a cigar, takes the band off and says, hey, let me know what you think about this, now I have to pay attention. And I enjoy the cigar so much. Sometimes there's a cigar I thought I really didn't like, and I go, it's really good. It's got lots of subtleties yeah. to it. It's good. You know, so it, it's, it's, it's a cool, good thing to do. And uh, You know what's a good way to explain it is, you know, look, if you're a cigarette smoker, you smoke your Marlboros, and that's it. If you're a, a regular just beer drinker, you, you drink your Budweiser, and that's it. But that's, you're not an aficionado. If you're a wine guy, I mean, other than if you're a Franzia box guy, okay, you don't drink Cabernet all the time. Try you everything. drink different wines depending on what you're doing at the time, the temperature, where you are, what you're pairing it with to eat. The same thing is with great, great cigars. I don't smoke the same cigar. I know you don't. We don't smoke the same cigars no. all the time. We have some that we like we, to go we to. We have favorites, go-to right. brands. You know, like I, smoke, I tend to smoke a cigar with my coffee in the morning. So I tend to go for a Connecticut Shade, milder cigar, and there's three or four ones that I really like. But the fact of the matter is I like to smoke many different kinds of cigars because there's a, it's a cigar for every occasion. And when somebody says to, to me as a, an owner of a cigar store, hey, what's your favorite cigar? And it's asked of me every day. It's an impossible It's question. like picking your favorite child. Yeah, yeah. You can't do it. It depends where I am, what it is. And all day long as I'm, I go through my own humidors over here and decide what I'm going to smoke next. And I get confused. And I go, mm, what do I feel like? Uh, a little 
And, and the, uh, the great thing is when somebody picks it for me, and I know you did it early this morning, you, you had somebody pick you a cigar blind. Just pick me out something, take the band off it. You know, I, I don't want to have a predetermined and, and let me enjoy a cigar. Or, and I was amazed as usual. Yeah, so it, it's pretty cool. Um, we have uh, a White Birch Brewing uh, Bill, Bill came in, so he's... Bill Herlick uh, is here. He's, he's here. He's got his And he's got beer. <laughs> so we'll get to that at the, uh, at the next break. We'll go right on to that. Uh, I want to mention that uh, Russian Cigar Magazine, we've been talking a lot about all the different cigar magazines. One oh, of the, I, I one, love this. Go ahead. One of the magazines that's out there is called Cigar Clan, and it's made in Russia, high-gloss, really top-of-the-line publication. And I don't have it here. Uh, apparently, this has just happened. And uh, I got a call from my friend Nick Perdomo this week, and uh, he just came back from Russia, where he went to the Cigar Clan Magazine's award ceremony, which he does the past few years. And he picked up the number one Cigar of the Year award once again at a ceremony in Moscow. And uh, it was the Perdomo Habano that won for their number one Cigar of the Year for 2010. Unbelievable. And the amazing thing was, I know he was there last year, and I remember I said, didn't that happen last year? It was almost like Groundhog Day again. Yeah. Um, Perdomo Patriarch won last year. Yeah, which is fabulous. Great cigar, and that actually won last year. And I said, wow, you won it two years in a row. And quietly, he said, actually, three. And I said, you won three years in a row? He said, yeah, Perdomo Champagne won in 08. Wow. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And this is stuff that gets no coverage. You know, it's, it's, it's happening in Russia, and that magazine is not re- readily available at all. Uh, I will grab it at the trade show this year and uh, see if I can get on to, um, a, you know, get and ship that publication every month or every two months when it comes out and stay on top of what's going on over there. But there is a major surge in cigar smoking in Russia right now. And they're, they're one of those countries that they have rich and they have poor. And there's not a lot of middle class that's there. But the no. rich are really, really into premium cigars over there. And that's another one of those countries. They can get any cigar they want. Mm-hmm. Every Cuban cigar is available that's to them. That's what's important. That's yeah. what our listeners need to know. So they can get everything. And they, and they don't want to smoke Cuban. Well, well, they choose their, their number one cigars in Nicaraguan three years in a row. And I would tell you, Nicaraguan tobacco is the best tobacco best, in the world absolutely. right now. Was it in 1960? I don't know. I didn't smoke cigars in 1960. I've smoked cigars from 1960 to end up seeing what it was like and go through it and paid a lot of money to do so. But right now, the best tobacco in the world is out there everywhere. Everybody's growing the best they've ever grown. Yeah, the, well, this is the best time to be a premium cigar smoker. Absolutely. We say that all the time. But if you, in particular, if you like strong tobacco, you like full-flavored, full-body tobacco, Nicaragua is growing the best tobacco in the world right now, period. Yes. And, and, and rumor is that Cuba is now buying wrapper uh, leaf from Nicaragua. That's the rumor. I don't have any facts to By it. By the way, if you want proof to this, Padron Aniversario, Nicaraguan and Honduran. All Nicaraguan. So all they Nicaraguan. Say. So they say. Okay. Well, yeah, I know that there's some they, controversy around that. Right. They're one of those that's a little secret of, what, of exactly what they're using, but they show that everything is made from Nicaragua. We've been there. Um, they actually closed their factory in Honduras. They're actually... Yeah, they had two factories. They had one in Honduras and one in Nicaragua, and they've since closed the factory in Honduras. And if you know the politics of Honduras and what's going on in Honduras right now, 
Probably a good move. Honduras is very, very dangerous, not the place to go. They're growing great tobacco. The stuff coming out of Camacho and stuff, fantastic tobacco, not a place I would want to visit they're, right now uh, being an American. Yeah, their, their kidnappings are at an all-time high right yeah, now. Yeah, it's the worst place in the world to go. I've been there half a dozen times, and I will not go back until things, things improve there. The only, the only thing about going there is of all the cigar trips, that's like the most authentic it's the most difficult on the traveler because there's nothing there. Yeah. When, 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 we, when we went to Hamastran Valley, which is where Camacho is, and, and a lot of the manufacturers are, okay, it, you're literally in the middle of nowhere in this, in this beautiful valley, and it's gorgeous. It's really authentic to see how they live and how tobacco is made, but it, it's just not a fun trip. It's not a five-star hotel. No, no. It's going, it's going camping in, in a low level. I, I, I like a, uh, a five-star resort if, if at all possible. Yeah, that's nice, yeah. And this is, uh, <laughs> this is worse than a one-star resort. And, and look out for uh, different certain, certain bugs. And um, This was, I'll tell you, this was the most shocking thing that ever happened to me in Honduras. I went in the shower. Yeah. And I turned the shower head on, the water, and I picked my head up to look at it, and there was actually electrical wires attached to the shower head. Yeah, I remember this. And what happens is the water goes through the shower head, and, and they had just those little screw-type um, connectors yeah. on the thing. You can actually see the wires hanging out of the thing and water dripping off the wire. And I turn it on and look at it, and I didn't step inside yet. And then I get out, and I call somebody over, and I said, you know, there's something wrong here. No, no, don't worry about it. Well, everything I've ever learned in life. Water and electricity don't mix. Right. Yeah. And here I am. No, no, don't. No problem. Step in that puddle in that shower and stand underneath that dripping waterhead with the exposed wires. No, don't worry about it. And I'll tell you, I had the quickest showers ever. Yeah. I remember that. See, they don't, they don't have hot water heaters. Yeah. Okay. They, they have these little boxes that attach to the shower head, as you're mentioning, that barely heat the water as it's coming through. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a very warm environment, so they don't take hot showers. Uh, they don't take showers at all, quite frankly, but <laughs> some of them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no hot water heaters over there. Very scary, and yeah. uh, I didn't like it. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot I didn't like about Honduras, but what I did like is the tobacco, the farms, everything's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I want to say that also when you go into the factory, it's a very, very clean, clean environment. Oh, my Everything's God. swept. Pristine. You know, so, so that's another, another good thing that they have to because... Architecturally, the buildings are very primitive. Oh. Incredibly primitive. Um, in Honduras, where we were, there was, no, there was nothing over one story. As they shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, and they were all, you know, uh, brick and uh, clay, okay, with maybe um, like sheet metal, what do you call that, corrugated sheet metal yeah. or something on the outside. And that was it. That was, that was what the buildings were. But like you said, swept clean, pristine, everything just so. Uh, the, the entire manufacturing process is very meticulous. Yes, it's not like you would imagine sweatshops or things like that to be. Everybody is clean. And, uh, you know, some places, actually, I know uh, Florida Dominicana, they make, uh, give them manicures and stuff not to rip not to tobacco. rip the tobacco. Exactly. Yeah. So they have to be careful on every single aspect of what they do because uh, th- this is a product, actually, that goes in your mouth. Right. So it, it's important that it, it's done right, and um, it's a big, big part of their whole country. Yeah. If, um, if the Americans stop buying premium cigars from their country, as bad as things are now for them, forget it. It's over. Right. Close it's a, it's a huge part of their, of, their, um, of their export business. Yeah. So... Uh, Another thing I'd like to mention is Taranio. 
You know the brand uh, Taranio? Carlos Taranio. Yes. Um, the the uh, Taranios sold their business out to uh, what was CAO uh, just maybe two years ago. Right. And they owned farms actually in farms and rolling facilities in all three countries, meaning yep. Honduras, Nicaragua, yep. and the Dominican Republic. And they sold out to them, and CAO was, was, took control of the Taranio name, and they were doing the distribution for them, and everything was going well. And then all of a sudden, CAO, which was owned by Scandinic T- Tobacco, I'm getting very confusing here, but the big European giant, yep. mini cigar maker, uh, like the number one cigar maker in Europe for these little cigars, yep. uh, almost like cigarettes, small, small. The name of the brand is Henry Winterman's. Oh, really? Winterman's, yeah. yeah. So they ended up buying General Cigar. General Cigar, which is Macanudo, Cohiba. Um, Punch. Punch, Huerta Monterey, um, Gloria Cubana. Mm-hmm. They ended up buying them, which now meant that Tarano goes along with them because now they own that. Well, for some reason, uh, the Taranos aren't too thrilled with it. Maybe uh, my feeling was maybe their brand got pushed by the side a little bit yep. because they have top, top names, name brands, and they're one of the many, many brands that they carry now. Well, the Taranos decided that they are taking back their brand name. They are not taking back their factories, their fields, their rolling facilities, or anything like that, but they are taking back their name because they actually never sold that along with it. Right. So now they have come out and said we are going to come out with our own brands again, but they're going to have to make those brands at other places because they don't own any factories anymore. And, you know, here's, here's what's screwed up in, in tobacco is, you know, consistency is what it's all about. In the restaurant business and the tobacco business, you have to have the same quality product all the time. People want to go buy a cigar, and, and they want to know what they're going to get from that experience every time. In my opinion, they've already screwed this up. Yeah, they're playing backwards now. They had complete control of all their facilities. Now they're going to... They gave up control. And now they're, they're sorry <coughs> they did. Their, their products definitely languished. They, they weren't that good. They weren't well-known. And now they're going to try and rebuild that again. That's that's tough battle. Well, let's see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. Guys that had control over, over everything now are going to three... And they chose three different facilities to end up doing that. So now they're going to make three different things, one of which is going to be a cigar called Single Region. And we'll get into that because next week we're going to have a new cigar, not Single Region, but a cigar that's coming out of Pete Johnson that is made in the same tobacco field, in the same um, uh, crop, everything from the same thing, which actually hasn't been done before. So these guys are doing it too, so it looks like a new thing in the wine industry. Let's yep. do our overall cigar authority on the Flor de Lorraine. The overall taste of this cigar is very, very complex uh, with subtleties of different flavors. None of them are overpowering to me. There's a lot going on, but no, ba-boom, it's, it's black pepper. There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of spice. There's a little bit of cinnamon. Uh, there's a little bit of earth taste to it. I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm getting... Now, my grandfather, as you know, drinks scotch. I don't like scotch at all, but the one thing I do like about it, the aftertaste of the scotch, after it washes down and calms down, there's a little bit of that corn kind of flavoring going on. Yeah. I'm picking up a ton of that at the finish of the cigar. Yeah. Corn, like a roasted corn taste? Well, like the end of scotch's corn liquor, right? No, it's made from barley. Barley? Mm. All right, I failed then. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting the barley flavor then. Grant, yeah, Grampy's got a nice box of second growth. He got 
from Eric Hansen, um, and he's taking them with him today. Grampy, thanks for coming to the show, and great to see you. 92 years old, smoking cigars. When he was a young kid. Okay. You gotta, you gotta put, gotta put a mic on you. Yeah, we gotta, we right. gotta put a mic on. We're gonna see if we can come back with Grampy because we got a hard break right now. Okay. All we right. Got, we gotta go to commercial. break and we'll come back and talk more about Pete Johnson. We gotta drink a little bit. Uh, White Birch Brewery. Bill, Bill's coming in and have some rib. And we're gonna smoke some new cigars. Stick around. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. We do everything from TV to radio and weddings to backyard barbecues. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we will tailor a package to fit your needs. Reach me at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or by phone 603-475-1391. Hi. This is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I would like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's Stogie Heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1 on Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Nashua, and Seabrook, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have put three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in Tax-Free New Hampshire or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars anywhere and single cigars too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven. Get in on the ground floor of our new show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority reaches a strong audience of educated consumers with disposable incomes. We will tailor a commercial to fit your needs from post-production to the finished product. Email us at ads at thecigarauthority.com. That's ads at thecigarauthority.com. Get in on our team and team up with the Cigar Authority. White Birch Brewing is the home of finely crafted small batch beers. My friend, owner and operator Bill Herlicka's goal is to brew great beer for the beer enthusiast. Let me tell you from experience, folks, this guy is all about quality. White Birch Brewing is a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire that takes an artisan approach to brewing. Bill releases unique interpretations of Belgian styles, barley wines, imperial stouts, and wild ales. Each batch is bottle conditioned and aged at the brewery. It's a slow process, but one they wouldn't trade for anything. Ask your local retailer for White Birch beers or go to whitebirchbrewing.com. Our friends at White Birch Brewing are as passionate about beer as the Cigar Authority is about food? No. Cigars. Cigars. Yeah, that makes sense. Grella Financial is a multi-generational, wholly independent financial planning firm. Family owned and operated, all of their clients are treated like extensions of their family. They'll take the time to find out what is truly important to you for making great financial decisions. Unlike working with larger firms and talking to voicemail, you are assured to talk with Tom Sr., Tom Jr., Joanne, or Bridget Grella every time. Going through a divorce, selling a business, inheriting money, or about to retire? Consider calling the Grella family at 800-752-7235 or visit them on the web at grellafinancial.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. 
Hey, Sammy B here. Sammy B's Custom Carpentry. Foundation to finish and everything in between. Find a job I can't do. I dare you. At Sammy B's Custom Carpentry, I build everything myself. So you know it's American-made and built to last. I don't subcontract. I'm committed to getting a job, and I'm committed to finishing the job personally. Call for a brochure and references. 603-553-2345. If you can dream it, I can build it. Sammy B's 603-553-2345. is the number. This is the Cigar Authority, live from Salem, New Hampshire right now, a two-guy smoke shop. We are smoking cigars, and now we're going to try a brand-new cigar along with, uh, we have Bill Herlihy from... uh, Herlica. Herlica, I'm sorry, from (laughs) White Birch Brewing. Welcome back. We had you on before. Thank you. And we're very, very excited because we we did it last time, and we knew how much we liked it, so it's great to have you back. Before we try the beer, we have to go on to another cigar, and... The next cigar we're going to try is going to be E.P. Carrillo, short run. Carrillo. Carrillo. Double L in Spanish is uh, a Y sound. E.P. Carrillo. Okay. We'll pass some over to those guys. And this is a, uh, we don't have a lot of information on this cigar at all, but E.P. Carrillo is is Ernesto Carrillo, Mm -hmm. and Ernesto owned La Gloria Cubana, and he sold out um, some 10 years ago to the people that uh, own General Cigar at the time. And uh, it's become a giant monopoly right now. And after 10 years, he decided he wanted to start all over again. And he started with his own brand with his family. So uh, this is actually his second thing. He came out with an inaugural cigar to launch. And it was a short, short, uh, small amount of cigars that he put out. And we were expecting his regular brand to come out. It has been postponed, but he put a short run, a little something in between right now, which is this cigar. And uh, we'll give it a try for the first time right now. I've actually smoked a couple of them. Oh, you have already? Okay. Yeah. And? Great yeah. Okay. Um, wait, we'll see what we think. Light up and uh, welcome aboard. Uh, White Birch Brewing. Bill, how's things? Awesome. I got a cigar. Yeah, you got a cigar. <laughs> okay. We're, we're constantly doing cigars here. We're all excited about the beer. Because what we understand is this is a first-time brew. Is that true? Um, well, actually, we're starting with a beer that I love for dinner. I love in the summertime, and I'm a huge football fan, so I drink this all day on Sundays during the football season. So we're doing multiple beers. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. See, he's not allowed back unless he brings plenty of beer. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're going to take you through a, a run of beers. One of my uh, staples in the lineup, the Belgian-style pale ale. I think you'll find it'll go nicely with the cigar. It's got a nice, noble... Saw's bite to it. And then we're going to shift over to my first anniversary beer, which is right here for those watching. It's made solely with birch sap and my Belgian house yeast. Birch sap. Yeah. Is this the one-year anniversary? This is the one-year anniversary. Oh, my goodness. Happy anniversary to you. you. Many, many more. Birch sap like like you would make uh, syrup from? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Really? Uh, Uncondensed birch sap. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, so you have to convert that to sugar before, obviously, the yeast can create alcohol. No, I'll tell you the story after we get to right, this cool. one. All right, cool. Let's yeah, let's let's All try right. this. So, hey. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Mm, man, is that oh. good? A little yeah. sour. It's got a little sourness to it. Oh, here a we little go. Bit, but it's Dave's drinking it down too fast. You're going to be loaded. 
boy, that, well, it's heavy, heavy alcohol content. What is this? This is 8.5%. 8.5%. And a regular beer, a Budweiser? Four and a half, maybe five. All right. Um, this it'll, is Pilsner-esque, though. Um, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I use a, a Pilsner malt in there. And um, the house yeast I use is uh, a Trappist derivative, which means it finishes drier. And it brings out some nice phenols, and it brings out a real nice, light character, dry finish. And with the noble hops that I use, um, particularly more so the summer batches than the winter batches, because mm-hmm. temperature does make a difference, you get a little bit of a, a tartness, or you know, as you see it, maybe a little lemony sour characteristic. Yeah, yeah, to no, it. absolutely. And you know, as you said, the uh, the dry finish. It almost finishes like well, it does finishes like champagne. Champagne. Yeah. That's what I. It tastes it's like, like to champagne. Me. Yeah. This is really fantastic stuff. And what I like most is the size of the bottle. These are large bottles. Yeah. Absolutely, twenty-two ounces. Um, you know, when I sit down to have a beer, I want to have a beer. I don't want to drink a lot of beers. I mean, beyond the fact that you know, I just drank a six-pack. Now you got to go to the bathroom a lot. Yeah. And it, it's just, you know, it, I want to enjoy the beer from start to finish. You know, for me, 22 ounces is just about the perfect amount of beer. So you're going to drink, when you drink a beer, you're going to drink one? Yes. One 22-ounce beer, and then that's it. You're done for the night? That, that would, yeah, that unless would, I'm really like. That's five beers in alcohol <laughs> language, right? Uh, it's about two and a half. Two, but, but no, you know, because, alcohol. because a beer is 12 ounces. Yours is two. To yeah. begin with, yeah. and then the alcohol can- content is almost double, so it's like drinking four. You'll, you'll, uh, you're just figuring okay. this out for the first time. You're figuring out this. <laughs> so when you have one, you're having five. As well, far as the buzz, you're going to get the buzz of five, I would imagine. Yeah, I suppose. You yeah. know. See, I've been brewing it in this size, bottling it in this size for so long. So I've that's never really bar- thought about it. You yeah. know, to me, this is what I do. This is no can of beer, folks. <laughs> this is this is top top of the line, like premium cigars are. This is premium mm. beer, and it tastes different. It, its temperature is different. Everything's different about it. It's not what, you know, you go to the ballpark right. and you get one of those glasses of whatever they call that yellow stuff that goes in the glass. It's certainly not this. And we're drinking a Belgian-style Belgian pale ale made by White Birch Brewing, talking here with Bill Herlica. And, uh, Bill, a pale ale is typically, or a lot of pale ales I've had, particularly IPA, is very bitter. This is not bitter at all. No, um, and it's actually, if you really want to get down to the styles, it's not technically a Belgian pale ale either. Why, then why are you calling it? You're the beer guy, okay? Yes. You're, you're like, I'm sorry, but you are anal about beer. Yeah, which, okay. is, which Thank is, you. is a good thing. That is a good thing. Okay, <laughs> to the and you're brewing this beer that you're selling as a Belgian-style pale ale, but you're saying it's not a Belgian pale ale. It's, so well, it's a Belgian, Belgian style. Well, here's the thing. When you hold this up, Talk that is very, very pale. Keep in count. Those yes, and, keep in count. Um, he is refilling. And cloudy. And like slightly a, like cloudy, yes. I, I like the look of it. I like the color. I like the flavor. And um, when I sat down and I said, well, what do you call this? You know, I mean, it, I've been making it for years. I never bothered to call it other than, other than good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's I said, a good description. It's good. I said it's pale. I went to the feds. I filed it as Belgian pale ale. They said, well, it's made in the U.S., so it's got to be Belgian style. I'm like, of course. Because yeah. everyone yeah. in New Hampshire is going to think a Hooksit Brewery is from Belgium. Right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> right, right. You know. Uh-huh. Um, 
So it became Belgian-style pale ale. Um, the reason I didn't care about the style guidelines is I don't necessarily brew to style. I brew what I enjoy. Right. And as the uh, brewer, as the owner of the company, I'm going to call it what I feel like, thus Belgian-style pale ale. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's let's have a little manja to go with our Belgian-style pale ale. How about oh, that? Have a little food. All right, so here's, here's what I did. This is good. This I is all good. I made, um, this is... Uh, American style pork ribs, <laughs> and I call them American style too. These are um, <laughs> these are baby back ribs uh, that I that I made with uh, our favorite Johnny Black barbecue sauce, which is made with real Johnny Black supposedly. And uh, we're having this with the pale ale. Based on what I tasted the pale ale and what I know these ribs to be, I'm going to say that this is going to be a great match. Give that oh, a, give that a shot. Wow. Oh yeah, that's a perfect match. The richness of the ribs, the richness of the pork meat being cut with this beautiful, um, I don't know how to say it, the, the very subtle pale ale, refreshing, perfect, perfect combination. And that's what you do in cigars and beer and wine combinations. You're not trying to, people say, okay, so I have a big steak, so I want, um, I don't know, a big, big wine to go with it. You actually want something that's going to cut it. Oh, yeah. Right? This, this cuts right through the sauce, right. refreshes the palate, matches it perfectly. Yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Doesn't it? So if you, would, if, you want, if you drank, like, you know, beer with uh, barbecue, this is like the ultimate level, okay? We're drinking this unbelievable white birch brewed Belgian-style pale ale along with these rich um, baby back pork ribs that I made. This is a perfect combination. These are pork ribs. There's no bone in it. Yeah, there's bone in it. Oh, there is. Okay. Yeah. You got a bone there. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something to you right now on the radio. Go ahead. I've never ate a rib in my life. Really? Never ate a rib in my life. This is the first time, and I had a taste, and I like it. Aren't you pissed that you've waited <laughs> until you're 50 years old the to do The amazing thing that I, I have acquired this kind of girth in my life, size, yep. without eating pig. I don't dig on swine, that's all. But it was, it was Nikolai Volkov that we had, the wrestler, we had on the show. That changed you. He's a vegetarian, but on time to time, he will eat pork, but not chicken, not beef. And I said, the pig, it's the dirtiest animal in the world, and that's why I stay away from it. Never liked it. Always had a psychological thing about it. And then he, he talked to me for hours after the show and said, no, start trying it, taste it. Uh, that's the better choice. So I had a since then, I've had a uh, sausage at the ball game. Yep. And, and I found nice. out I, I went to the wrong place though, right? Yeah, you got to go to the Sausage King. And what I got to do is go to um, Santapio's because they say tops. Yes, yeah. the best sausage, man. That's what everybody says. That's the best. My, my favorite sausage on the planet is Santapio sausage. And by the way, since we had the cigar authority, we're talking a little food here. Santapio's is opening. A second location. I'm a little scared of that. I know. I'm a in, little scared because they can ruin it. I don't want them to ruin it, but we'll see what ends up happening. It's opening they, real soon. Yeah, in Peabody in one. August on Route 1 in Peabody. They're opening up a second Santapios. So now you don't have to get to the other side of, of Boston if you're coming here from the north to try and get to Santapios. You can go right there to Peabody, um, and that's, that's going to be closer for us. But like you said, let's figure out if they've, if they've got it figured out over right, there. Right. Well, we'll have to test it, and uh, it sounds like a road trip to me. By the way, nice. double sausage, double onion. That's my order. Ooh. 
Double onion. Double sausage, uh, oh, double onion. Double onion pizza. From Santapios. And a double sausage come, uh, with the hot pepper by oh, itself. No, no, no. I, you always get the hot peppers and the, and the sausage and the, and the lamb ahead of time. Has an appetizer, but oh, on the pizza. On the pizza. <laughs> double sausage, double onion. I am very traditional cheese pizza guy. That's the way I want it. You know, when you make pizza for me and stuff, how yeah. do you want yours? Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. But that's, a sh- that's another show. Keep talking so I, I can have, have a bite say, of rib. Have a bite. You know, I love ribs, and I love a good beer with ribs. The spice on this. Oh, you like it, that? The, the initial sweetness, the softness. I mean, this just melts right off the bone. Thank and you. And then it's got this nice residual warming spiciness. And I'm... Loving I mean, that with the beer, huh? Well, this I know is, we're doing a radio show, but I could take this. I could take my bottle of beer, go sit back in the lounge, and just say, I'll be back in an hour. I mean, this is Well, good. this is a relaxing show anyway, but it, it's great to have you here because you do have a great palate, and, and a great palate for beer means a great palate, period. Nice. It means for you, the cigar you're smoking, the food you're oh. eating, take time to actually taste these things. Right now, my taste buds are dancing. There's lots oh, of stuff yeah. going on here. This, Holy is, God. this is a great combination, seriously, to have a cigar. And it's a, it's a travesty that we can't go to a restaurant and have a cigar when we eat anywhere anymore. I mean, seriously, we need to change that in this country. But the, what a tremendous cornucopia of flavors going on oh, yeah. between the beer, the barbecue, and the cigar. Oh, it's an awesome experience. We, we are actually smoking as we're eating and drinking and this is fantastic. It is. <laughs> it and is. We're, and we're indoors. And I'm happy there's, there's a velvet people rope wa- around here. Right. There's, there's a crowd of hungry guys <laughs> over there going, is there going to be leftovers? And the answer is not right here. What yeah, do you mean? No. We've got to give some. We've got some for these other guys? Yeah, there's some so over here. We've got please, some ribs over there. Please if you guys try want to try some ribs. Yes. Uh, so just a quick thing on the ribs since you mentioned it. Now listeners want to know this stuff. You can send us an email on, on our Facebook or, or through uh, CigarAuthority.com, and I'll give you the recipe. But I make my own rub. I rub the ribs first, and then I use the Johnny Black barbecue sauce, which is available only at Man Orchards or, excuse me, online at manorchards.com. And that's the fatal combination in my, in my book. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have and nothing to compare it to, but it's good. The, in, the, in, the, in the rub is a little bit of cayenne. Uh, cayenne and, pepper in there. and ancho chili powder. I, oh. I, don't use, I don't use garbage. I use ancho chili powder. Nice. Yeah. Nice. No, I'm, One I'm, bread's good. I'm really appreciating the, the, how the... The heat and the flavor meld nicely. Yeah. It, it, it's a, uh, I think it's a misconception out there that hot, for the sake of hot, is the right answer. Mm-mm. I think when you do pure heat, I mean, you can get, you know, like painfully hot food easily. Right. But blending uh, a heat with a flavor that actually, you know, envelops your mouth, you get a nice aftertaste. It's something you can enjoy. Heat's, that is an art. Th- th- you're right. I thank you for the compliment, but... He, that's how heat is supposed to be enjoyed. Heat, heat is not supposed to be there to hurt you. And, and there's this big thing, the, the trend going on. Everybody wants to make the hottest hot wings and the hottest jalapeno poppers and so forth. That doesn't yield the best food. No. Spice is used. The heat is used as a nuance to help accentuate the flavor, to accentuate the experience. That's how I use it in cooking, and I do love spice, and I use it. And people who are really, who are really sensitive to it will say, oh, that's spicy. And, yes, it does have some spice to it, but it's not palate-killing. It doesn't kill your palate. It might kill Dave's palate. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. I'm, I'm shocked, and I have missing this for years. Yeah, I told you. But then again, I could go to another place and it doesn't taste like this. Whatever this is, it's good. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Um, as far as the beer goes, 
Boy, I can't get my mind off champagne. This is the champagne of beers. Well, actually, the High Life is the original oh, champagne. <laughs> I had to say it. Is that true? <laughs> high Life advertises as the champagne of yes. beers, they although can, it certainly can, isn't. They can advertise anything they want. This is like champagne. So do we it's have bubbly more? on my tongue? It's good. Let's uh, let's try another another beer. All right. So now that you've tried the pale ale, you've been set on the lighter color. We've we've tasted the noble hops. This beer I designed all around trying the Burt Sap, and I'll tell you the story behind this. Now, I have a friend who makes artisanal cheese up in northern New Hampshire. He, the family farm has been there since uh, the 1800s. What's the name of it? Uh, it is Roby Farm, and it's uh, Roby Farm Cheeses. So they love my beer. I love their cheese. It's a beautiful thing for trading. And uh, one day he calls me and says, hey, you know, I've been reading about it, and I think I know how to tap a birch tree. Would you want the sap? And I'm like, yes. He goes, I don't even know how much I'm going to get. I said, I don't care. The answer is yes. <laughs> so Seeing your white birch, white birch brewing. Right. What's perfect for anniversary, right? Well, I didn't even have anniversary in mind. Okay. I said, I've never made something out of birch sap. Um, I made stuff with maple sap. I, let's do it. It could okay. be the worst thing in the world. It could be awesome, but I have to try it. Mm-hmm. You know, so he comes down with this 26-gallon bucket of birch sap. It's a hazy, watery-looking s- substance. Okay. Um, it's actually it's got, not thick. No, it's uncondensed. Okay. Hasn't been boiled down to sap. So the day I opened the container, because I took a taste of the water, it had a minerally effect. It had an earthiness to it, and it had a very subtle, almost wintergreen note. Okay. And so I, having tasted the sap, I designed a beer to try and enhance those flavors, uh, balance it out, but not overwhelm it. Okay. You could hop it and hide it. You could over malt it. I really wanted to just basically bring out the uh, the unusual nature of the Burt sap and the house yeast I use in a complementary manner. And wow. this is what I created. Is this different? Wow. This is very, very different. I've never had it wow. like this. You know what that reminds me of? All right, Dave. Let me take Frambois. a little sip out of your glass Frambois. there. Interesting. I haven't had anyone come up with that comparison. What did you say? Framois. What's that? It's a... Well, go ahead. You tell me. Um, it, well, I'm used to calling it the punch, but it's like a bunch of different flavors, some sherbet, orange, uh, raspberries. Just it's a lot of different fruits blended in a complementary citric manner. Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah, but well, this you're the beer tough. guy. I'm doing fl- food flavors next to the. Well, no, but you're you're the beer guy. You understand how it's brewed. It, this this has those characteristics. It has that that fruitiness, that sourness, that it's it's, it's framwow is what it is. Framwow. It's not beer. No, Fram this wow. is this is framwow. Framwow. <laughs> framwow. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is. I mean, uh, give this to someone who's not a beer drinker, who doesn't drink beer, and say, try this, because oh, yeah. this is not beer. Actually, right? Yeah. You're not a big beer drinker. I'm not either. a beer drinker at all, except for White Birch Brewing. There we go. <laughs> and Bill wow. can attest to this. I'm a customer. Yeah? Yeah, I want to be a customer. I was expecting different. I was expecting, like, maple syrup type of thing. Maple is very distinctive. It's very sweet. Yeah. And when you make a beer out of it... Um, most of the time I've seen it done as a, a maple porter. So you get the recognizable aspects of a porter with a light, sweet, 
maple background. This is so far away from anything yeah. like that. And when I made this and I tasted the first bottles, instantly I thought anniversary. Mm-hmm. I had six cases that I could release out as full cases to the public. This wasn't a beer I designed to try and convert people to white birch. No. I have some amazing fans, people that jumped on early. I have three stores that really stepped up and said, you're unknown. Uh, we like your premise. We want to support you, and we're going to start selling Good. you. That's what it's all about. Those are the stores that got this beer. Um, now you can I, find them online on, your, on whitebirchbrewing.com. Oh, this sold out in less than a day. Oh, it's all. But those stores have it, or no? No, no. It, this sold no. out in a day. Everyone, to the consumer. To the consumer. Wow. You so guys are it. getting a beer from my personal collection. Thank ah. you. And um, really, you know, when I think about the people that support me, both the stores, the fans. I mean, it, at the end of the day, I love to make beer. But if they didn't support me, of course, I'd be back sitting there typing emails, doing phone calls all day. Yep. So please. Don't send me back to that. I don't think I could go back. No. Um, we don't want you to go back. <laughs> and that's what these micro brews and micro cigar companies, it's all about. It's about the consumer. Uh, give them a shot. Don't buy the, the big-name brands that are out there. Give the little guy a shot. You're going to be very, very happy on everything I've ever found. That goes for restaurants, too. I'm not a big guy that goes into the chain restaurants and stuff. Sure. I like, you know, you find some great small little thing tucked away. And me and Tommy have done it many, many times. Mm-hmm. And you find some great stuff out there. And that goes, obviously. For beer too, this. But let's we're drink, we're smoking. This is so cool. We're smoking a small run cigar, short run cigar. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay. With a really short run anniversary beer that you can't even get anymore. Sorry guys, but I'm just looking at the bottle to give you an idea. This is a 22 ounce bottle. This is bottle number seven of 96 bottles. That's it. 96 yes. bottles of beer on the wall. That was it. That's it. <laughs> I wonder um, why it sold out so fast. Right. <laughs> well, I do things like this. For my fans, you know, they're they're enthusiastic. They're looking for new taste experiences, and when I put together beers, I have hopes. And if it works, I'll sell it. If it doesn't taste good, it'll never see the light of day, and you'll never know I did it. Oh, so, so you t- test it for yourself. You, you're your own critic to decide oh, yeah. whether. Yeah, it has to pass my taste test before so, so I put it out there. And you've thrown it out. I have thrown beers out. Wow. Um, I'm glad you didn't throw this out, really. No. And what's the address where we can find the throw-off <laughs> beers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that which you won't drink, we will. <laughs> right. Because so. you're so picky, I'm sure the stuff you won't drink is still darn good. Yeah, no. it is. Okay, let me help you. <laughs> Bill is anal about his beer. It is. I want to be there for you. I'm a giver. I give. It's what I do. Yeah. So rather than throw it away... Um, I will get rid of it in a more ecologically friendly manner. Really? Right. There's poor alcoholics out there that are looking for something like <laughs> right, this. That, that right, right. Go to the it. soup kitchens. Hey, brother, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> not, good enough, not good enough to put our name on it, but maybe a secondary brand name that, that the other stuff goes to. No? Yeah. We already talked about the champagne and beers. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah right. give it to yeah. them. Those guys would love that, right? No. no, I am picky about the beers. You know, when I do something off the charted path, it's got to be right before it goes out because when I put it out there and my customers pick it up, I want them to be as enthusiastic about it as you guys were. And when I do the next off-the-wall beer, they, they're expecting something that they're going to enjoy. So um, it, it's sort of a precedent. You know, the first one was good. The next one should be good. It's not going to be the same. I'll give you a bit of an idea of what to expect with the label. Um, but really, I want you to adventure with me. 
Well, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. First anniversary. Get on this bandwagon. Become a fan, for sure, of White Birch Brewing. The owner, brewmaster, right here with us today. And they are in Hookset, New Hampshire. And it's whitebirchbrewing.com to get more information on where you can buy it. We can't buy it from you. We have to go to the stores, or can we buy it from you? You can buy it from me, but my hours at the brewery are not really the best for retail sales. Yep. So I do everything I can to try and support my stores. Yep. They have AC, they've got all that good stuff, and they got better hours. So. Beautiful. Okay, so check them out. This is the perfect song going out of the break. It's outstanding, and that's how this beer was. Thank you so much. Whitebirchbrewing.com. We're going to be back with more cigar stuff and uh, getting a little tipsy here on the Cigar Authority. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a couple minutes on the Cigar Authority on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Grella Financial is a multi-generational, wholly independent financial planning firm. Family owned and operated, all of their clients are treated like extensions of their family. They'll take the time to find out what is truly important to you for making great financial decisions. Unlike working with larger firms and talking to voicemail, you are assured to talk with Tom Sr., Tom Jr., Joanne, or Bridget Grella every time. Going through a divorce, selling a business, inheriting money, or about to retire? Consider calling the Grella family at 800-752-7235 or visit them on the web at grellafinancial.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Mr. Jonathan IsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. We do everything from TV to radio and weddings to backyard barbecues. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we will tailor a package to fit your needs. Reach me at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or by phone 603-475-1391. Get in on the ground floor of our new show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority reaches a strong audience of educated consumers with disposable incomes. We will tailor a commercial to fit your needs from post-production to the finished product. Email us at ads at thecigarauthority.com. That's ads at thecigarauthority.com. Get in on our team and team up with The Cigar Authority. Looking to buy or sell a home in Central Florida? How about a vacation home? There's never been a better time than now. Prices are great. Call ownahomeincentralfl.com. FL stands for Florida, and it's warm there, Charlie. That's right, and no state income tax either. Check this out. New construction home, 1,800 square feet, three-bed, two-bath, brand new, have it the way you want it, starting at 139000 in Kissimmee, St. Cloud. Find it online at ownahomeincentralfl.com or call our friend Paul Antonelli toll-free at 800-338-2549 or Paul's direct cell number, and he's going to hate this, but I'm giving it to you anyway, 321-443-4028. And it's warm there, Charlie. White Birch Brewing is the home of finely crafted small batch beers. My friend, owner and operator Bill Herlicka's goal is to brew great beer for the beer enthusiast. Let me tell you from experience, folks, this guy is all about quality. White Birch Brewing is a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire. That takes an artisan approach to brewing. Bill releases unique interpretations of Belgian styles, barley wines, imperial stouts, and wild ales. Each batch is bottle conditioned and aged at the brewery. It's a slow process, but one they wouldn't trade for anything. 
Ask your local retailer for White Birch beers or go to whitebirchbrewing.com. Our friends at White Birch Brewing are as passionate about beer as the Cigar Authority is about food? No, cigars. Cigars, yeah, that makes sense. Hi, this is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I would like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's stogie heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1 on Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Nashua, and Seabrook, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have put three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in Tax-Free New Hampshire, or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars anywhere, and single cigars too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven. We are the Cigar Authority. We're back. 603-952-4519 is the number. 603-952-4519 or 60 Easy GL 19. You're listening to us on the CigarAuthority.com or different radio stations in Boston, Providence, New Hampshire, we're all around the world on the CigarAuthority.com, um, Ustream, Podbeam. We're everywhere, and we're coming to more places and more areas real soon, so stick around for us. Boy, I'm enjoying the show. Man, that was, that was awesome. That was definitely a highlight. I mean, any time we have Bill around, I'm happy. Bill Herlicker from White Birch Brewing, who was, who was just here and brought his, uh, his first anniversary beer, which was a... What a treat. Uh, made from birch sap. Yeah. Just birch sap. It was amazing. And his Belgian-style ale that he brought uh, as well, which was just fantastic with the ribs that I made. Good, good stuff. Everything's good. The cigars have been outstanding. This is a good show as far as the announcers are concerned. Anyway, I hope you're liking the show out there, but I'm loving it. Uh, let's talk about the cigar, because we haven't talked much about the cigar. Oh, Good. my God. Talk about loving it. This loving thing it? is fantastic. Well, I'll tell you, he came out with a cigar inaugural that, that came out before that. Very, very hard to get cigar. It was the inaugural launch of his brand, and it was another short-run cigar as this is. His new one is going to come out months and months from now. It's been delayed for a while, but it's coming out. And this is his second shot, which is second run. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little disappointingness on my end, and not that the cigar isn't outstanding. It is. It's a very, very good cigar. But what is uh, a little disappointing to me is, as it was on the inaugural cigar, I expected for some reason a lot more strength, a lot more power, a lot, a, a lot more coming out of it, knowing <clears throat> the man himself in La Gloria Cubana, where he has that um, known um, strength to his world-famous brand, to La Gloria Cubana Siri? Yeah, Siri R, for instance. That's what, he, that's what Carillo's known for. That's yeah, what he's I, I, I expected it, and um, you know, I held this as, as my first time smoking, and I held it as the second cigar because I figured it was going to be more powerful. And as oh, yeah. the thing went on, and it is, it, to me it is not. It's subtle. Not that it, that makes it a bad cigar by any means. I just expected something different. It's subtle, but it has that, that uh, sp- not spiciness, but zip in the front of my palate. It doesn't have that super full-bodied strength, that Syriar boom. It doesn't have any of that at all, but it definitely has that zip in the front of the palate. I am loving this cigar. As far as strength, medium at most. Yeah. 
That's it. Medium at most. Absolutely. But so good. I'm pulling a little raspberry subtleness. Yeah. Just a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. It definitely has that. Absolutely. You almost feel like you had that tannin of fruit on your palate. Yeah. You know, it does that to your palate for sure. I keep expecting to get a seed from yeah, a raspberry. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it I'm was, pulling. You know, did you notice how well that went with the white birch um, oh, yeah. uh, ale? Such a good with compliment. With the white birch sap? Absolutely. I mean, they, they're almost like a perfect match. I wouldn't want to have them together, actually, because they, t- they were the same. You know, it had yeah. it, the, that white birch ale, uh, the white birch um, sap beer had that, that, <clears throat> that fruitiness, that tanniness, that sourness. And this cigar has that, too, but in a, such a great way. That champagne beer, that was called what? The, first the one? Belgian-style <clears throat> traditional ale. That was, to me, uh, as close to ale. champagne. And I wonder if, if a woman would love that. That mm-hmm. beer. You know, it, it, it had that. Or anyone that doesn't drink beer and like beer. You drink that and you go, wow, that's, that's not beer. That's different. It's very, very different. And I like that uh, more than I liked the second one, which is the anniversary. And I understand that. But it's a little weird to me. Yeah. You know, uh, just a little talk about doesn't taste like beer. Right. No, it doesn't taste like beer right. at all. But that's, that's, I mean, one of the things we hope to inspire you to do, obviously, is to try different things. Obviously, cigars being our first mission. But here, try White Birch um, Brewing Company if you're not normally a beer drinker. And you're going you're gonna to drink things that you're going to not even want to call beer. They're just that good and that different. Mr. Jonathan had a beer from him the first time he went up there. Yep. He, he didn't like beer. And he, he said, well, what do you like? And he says, I like wine. And he made him a beer. He actually went further and he said, do you like white or red? And I said, I like red. And he says, fresh, right out of the cask, come out back. And he pours me a beer and I drank it. And if he didn't tell me it was beer, I would have thought it was a different kind of red wine. And it's a beer that tastes like wine. This guy's doing some remarkable, unbelievable stuff. It's pretty cool and something you should give a try. So go on to his website. You'll see a whole list of the different stores. Remember, this guy is very, very micro, very Master, though, a master blender when it comes to beer. He really puts his time in. He does his homework on the flavors. He's got a great palate. Yeah, you're not going to go to your local packy and find this thing. There's going to be a... If you don't, you should ask them to carry it. Well, yeah, yeah. And again, what I think is a great match here, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, Dave, but choosing the Carillo Short Run Cigar... This being a master blended cigar from a man who, in the cigar world, and we, you need to tell people this because I think a lot of our listeners um, would know Carillo's reputation but not necessarily associate his name with it. This is the first time when he's, when he's bringing his own name to an actual cigar label, but that's what White Birch Brewing is to, uh, right. to cigars is ultra small batch, ultra high quality, just making the best of the best. And that is, that is truly why I did it. And I said this would be a perfect pairing, not knowing. I, I actually didn't smoke the cigar before, so not knowing the pairing and not knowing what kind of beer he was going to come either. But here is two small batch companies for sure. They even call the cigar uh, a short run. It is a short run cigar. So there was a beer, 97 90, yeah, 97 bottles, I think. Or yes, uh, 96. Seven out of 96 bottles. He had brewed 96 bottles of that beer. That's it. Talk about small run. Holy and God. Now, just again, to make the story to cigars here, the correlation, okay, you, it's, people would say, okay, well, that's like getting an Opus X. And I'm going to say no. An Opus X is a very premium cigar made by Arturo Fuente that's very famous, comes out all the time. Let me give you the assimilation to that. In beer, that would be like the triple Bach 
coming from Samuel Adams. They make it, they release it once a year. It's a very, very high-end beer. It's very special. Same thing. But this cigar is more like the ultra-premium, ultra-hard-to-get, you know, like the beer. That's right. what this cigar is. I mean, you know, it's uh, more in Baudet. Let's talk about a couple other names of cigars that are ultra-short run, people don't know, very specific Moran Bode is a perfect example right, of that. Right, they they only have a handful of customers, and that's who they they go to, and that's it. <laughs> it's nice. funny to have an audience, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just had a very famous audience member <clears throat> adjusting himself for me. Thank you very oh, much God. for that. <laughs> <laughs> and how to use the right vernacular? Yeah, when you know, I would I would have said that differently had I not been on radio at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool trying these different things. And uh, well, what else did Carillo make that he was so famous for, other than the Serie R, which just put well, his name over the top? Remember, Gloria Cubana is, a, is an old Cuban name. The, the cigar still exists in Cuba. So right. in the U.S., he's got La Gloria Cubana. Totally different cigar. He came out with it maybe 20 years ago. Right. Small, small place in Miami that made the cigar, and that was it. The only person to, to get... To, You'd be able to get it from was a small little place and maybe a, a dozen rollers or something, and it was a hard to get cigar. I'm talking. It was hugely famous, though. I mean, it, that was the buzz in the cigar world when La Gloria Cubana came out. Well, in '92, when Cigar Aficionado came out, they rated a Robusto, which they called a Wavell. They rated that a 92 rating. It was the first cigar to get a high rating. It, it was actually not the highest rated. The highest rated in that issue was a Davidoff. God, at, you remember at, that? Yep, at a higher rating. But Glory Cubana getting a 92 at a cigar that was a dollar thirty-five at the time. Wow. At the time, a dollar thirty-five. So this was the five-dollar bottle of wine. Right. La Gloria Cubana was what the $5 bottle of wine. You found the greatest $5 bottle of wine that's, that's better than any $20 bottle of right. wine that's out two there. Two-buck chuck. That's right. Two-buck chuck. Yep. Which is three-buck chuck in Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was the thing of Gloria Cubana. And what happened, which happens to most companies that end up having a giant uh, surge, yeah. that the big guy says, okay, I'm going to take that name, we're going to mass-produce the cigar, yep. and we're going to put it everywhere because everybody wants it. The cigar changes. You cannot make – Bill could not make thousands and thousands of cases of that beer he made 97 of And keep the quality them. the same of that course, he Of right. course. And I would have loved to say that to him. Jeez, could, if you had enough birch sap, could you make 10,000 cases of this? The answer, I'm sure, would be no. Not I without could, sacrificing I, something. Right. I would have sacrificed the flavor. The taste would be different. The it's the same when I make a sauce. Right. You can't no, make, no two sauces come out the same? I, don't, I, don't, I have a pan that I make sauce in when I make sauce, and I have this really big pan that I can use. I don't like going to that pan because it doesn't come out the same. In a pan? Yeah. So in, in It's a, the same in, thing. And the same would go there. So. Yeah. I want to mention our coffee guy, too, uh, over at the Coffee Roasters Cafe, because the coffee that we're drinking today is actually a short-run coffee. Really? He calls it his gourmet blend. He only makes it a couple times a year. He blends off Kona, Jamaican Blue Mountain, and Ethiopian Yerga Chef, and there's a couple others that I couldn't remember. Uh, he blends them all in perfectly, and that's the coffee that we're drinking. I would love to get him on the show and end up talking to him. I know he runs a little shy right now. and uh... He's actually, well, the, the problem is that Saturday mornings is his busy time, so he's actually in the process of training staff so that he can get away for an hour and come on over and, and chat with us. I hope he does that he because really his coffee should. is that fantastic. Oh, it's phenomenal. Coffee it, Roasters Cafe in Wyndham, New Hampshire, right next to the Common Man. It's in the same parking lot. And it's very, very good and very different coffee, too. I mean, you get coffee anywhere, coffee's coffee. It's not true. Cigars are not, cigars are not. 
Cigars are cigars. That's not true. Beer is not beer. There's very, very different things, and the same goes for coffee and lots of things, and probably including your ribs. Well, you know, and to, to the point of, you know, we're, we're the common man. You said the common man restaurant, which is a great restaurant, but we are the common man, okay? And these are the finer things made just the finest ways possible that we can enjoy as people who aren't multimillionaires, okay? Uh, if we want, you know, the, the equivalent in cars, we have to buy not a, even a Ferrari, but a Ferrari Enzo. I'm just trying to give our, our listeners an idea of how high quality this, this Ipicarillo cigar is that we're smoking, the white birch beer is that we had, the coffee from the coffee roasters that we had. It's all of that highest quality, that highest order. And, you know, th- th- this cigar is what, $11? No, this is $7, I believe. This is a $7 Seven. cigar that's that good. Yeah. It is that good. And, you know, you can afford to have it and, and enjoy the high life, if you will, you know, at the highest order, at the highest level, without being a hundred millionaire. No, the problem is this is not going to be a regular cigar because it's not going to be around that long. So it's not going to be, geez, all I smoke is short run because when it's over, it's over. You can't have smoked as the anniversary and say, yeah, that's all I, I drink is the anniversary beer. You actually can't smoke the beer at all either. You can't drink you the drink beer. You <laughs> can't drink the beer uh, as your regular beer because if they made... 96 bottles, and he's got 10 different people uh, that's carrying this thing. You're talking about nine bottles apiece. We just drank one. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not leaving much in there, but the fun of it is to have at least tried it once. Right. So this is what I'm going to say about the short run, E.P. Carrillo. It's a short run. Now's the time. Go to your local store. Try the cigar so at least you could say you have tried it before. Or do what we're saying to do. Grab a box. Put them away. Put them away. Maybe get get a couple singles to try for now. And then put that away. You're going to have gold in a year from now. That's an understatement. Gold. And to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to break it out today. And you got something really cool. You got something nobody's going to have. This is that box of cigars. If you're a cigar aficionado, get out there. Buy a box. Put it away. Buy a box and start smoking them. Buy another box. And put them away. That's that's what I'm going to do. I, I'm sure that you're going to do that, David. Yeah, this is doing it. Guaranteed. This is yeah. This is that box of cigars, the elusive box of cigars that was very short run, very very uh, hard to get as it was. And you, we're going to have a box uh, available to smoke in five years. It's, everyone's going to clamor after it. Absolutely. Okay, a few things I want to uh, mention that's happening in the cigar world this week. Take a deep breath before you go here. Okay. All right. Which one am I going? Isn't with? this the one you were going to get all upset about? I'm not going to get upset about right. anything. Uh, but, uh, no, it's not the one I'm going to get upset. I'll get to that. But a few right. things. Uh, James Suckling. We all know James oh. Suckling. Uh, <laughs> this is huge. He is uh, an editor for Cigar Aficionado. He is the what they call the European editor. What I say is he is the uh, ambassador to Cuba. This is the guy that rates all the Cuban cigars. He is the guy that goes back and forth. This is his forte. He's been with them since day one, since 1992. Yes. And he has just announced his retirement from Cigar Aficionado. He is not only the cigar works of Cigar Aficionado. Cigar Aficionado also owns Wine Spectator magazine. And he actually retired from there also. And Suckling might even be more famous for his work at, at uh, Wine Spectator. But he's now decided to leave both Wine Spectator and Cigar Aficionado at the same time. Right. What the heck is going on? What happened? This, I, is this a coup? I mean, what, what do we think? Well, they're saying it. Uh, they, you know, uh, 
uh, he was there from the very beginning, and his um, we all in the cigar business, you know, know of him well. And it was kind of a shock. It just happened a day or so ago, and they made the announcement, and nobody knows the reason behind it. All nice things are being said. We wish him luck in his endeavors in the future. That's a classy thing to do. Well, what's the answer? What's the reason behind it? We can only speculate what that is. We'll look for him popping up somewhere else because it's what he loves. What do you think he'll do? I mean, because we know he loves wine and cigars. Well, and this is something to be said about Ernie Carrillo, uh, who, who loves the tobacco business, sold his company off, and then after his time ran out, he ends up starting a company from scratch again. Mm-hmm. Another person is Mike Cusano, who sold off Cusano Cigars. Um, you think he'll pop his, his head again? All these guys do because they, they step back for a little while. You, you think they're fat and happy because they got so much money and stuff, but it's not all about money. It's what they love. Right. And they get out of it for a little while, and the next thing you know, they're poking their head back in, and they want back into the industry, and they have to wait certain times because they sign contracts that says they can't do, can't do it, and they end up coming back because truly it's what they love. What I find mostly is they, they are unhappy for giving up what, what they, they love, and they did it for money. Right now, the money I'm sure is astronomical amounts of money, and uh, it's, it it really shouldn't be about money. It's about your passion and love. And, and we don't even know if Suckling got money out of this. Who, Was he part owner of, of I, I one Spectator? I, I would have thought all these years or, or have or something in it. You know, I, you'd think he'd be vested in some way, and I don't know these answers at all. And nor is it not from. Uh, the lack of looking to try to find out these answers. Right. I, I couldn't find anything on it. It is fresh and new, but he's gone. And uh, my guess, as you said, what do you think is going to happen? I say he shows up somewhere. Well, Maybe he starts his own magazine. Maybe he does. Who knows? I don't know if, if, if you're listening out there, Mr. Suckling, but um, first of all, thank you so much for your years of expertise in both wine and cigars. Uh, obviously, the Cigar Authority, I'm more partial to the cigar side, but sincerely thank you very much and I hope that you don't go away I hope you come back or stay in some way um, with the tremendous palate and the knowledge you are just one in a million and um, I, I hope that we keep them around in, in the cigar world some way I, I would say it's going to happen we'll see as I said the trade show is coming up we're just three weeks away from the IPCPR International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailer Trade Show this is a gigantic trade show that happens once a year the only place in the world it bounces around from place to place. This week, this year, it's going to be in New Orleans, and our weather is uh, that we've had lately yeah. is getting me uh, in the mood to go to that stifling hut. Mm, aren't you going to love that? Oh my God! You can smell the heat. Uh. You can smell the heat there. But that's where it's going to be, and it doesn't matter if, if, if it was in Mars. I mean, i got to get there one way or the other. Right. It's that important of a trade publication, trade uh, industry thing to go to, and uh, the buzz will be James Suckling there. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I won't be surprised if I see him there, and I will get any kind of information to pass it on to our listeners from there. Um, and as Moving I said, on. Uh, and here's my transition, uh, James Suckling was um, mostly – talking about Cuban cigars. And one of the most famous Cuban cigars that came out since after... Uh, post-embargo. Post-embargo, yeah. good word, um, was Cohiba. And there Probably was, the most famous Cuban manufacturer today, Cohiba. Yeah. And there was uh, General Cigar, which is the company we were talking about that, that owns Glory Cubana now. James Suck... Uh, James Suckling. Cohiba 
came uh, to America as a completely different cigar made in the Dominican Republic. But with the Cohiba name. With a Cohiba name, but not looking like Cohiba. It's, the, it's that Cohiba with the O is, is a red dot in it. Right. You they're, see that? They're store. their own label. So they came out with that and um, nothing to do with, with the Cuban Cohiba besides having the same name. Right. Well, uh, so. it went to court. There was, there was war that happened uh, between those, and this has been a 13-year fight over this brand name. And, and it's gone through courts many, many times, and after one of them wins, the other one brings it to the next highest court, and it goes back and forth, and it's been going. Yeah, I remember when Extra Vigoroso came out, the, that a Cohiba, right. there was that talk that you had to get what you wanted because it was going to be taken off the shelf altogether. That's right. So everybody clamored to end up getting a production ceased. In the meantime, it went back to court, and the U.S. version ends up winning. And the, that, the last thing that just ha- that happened a couple of years ago was the Cohiba in Cuba ended up winning, and it was going to go away again. Okay. Now, just this week again, um, the court decided that it belongs to General Cigar. So, so General Cigar has now won back for the third time the right to use its brand Cohiba as a Dominican-manufactured cigar. Sold only sold, in the U.S. Sold only in the U.S. So you cannot get a non-Cuban or a Dominican Cohiba anywhere in the world except in the United States. Yeah, and, and to make it even more confusing, if you go to the Dominican Republic... You can't buy a Cohiba. Because it's for export only to the U.S., but you can buy a Cohiba made in the Dominican Republic that's, that looks like a Cuban Cohiba that's it's not... Counterfeit. right. It's not even a counterfeit. It's legal... Because they have the trademark over there. But it's not a real Cohiba made, uh, grown in, in Cuba. No, nor is it the Cohiba that's in the U.S. market. And for those of you out there who do want to try Cuban cigars, haven't, or have a hard time getting them, one of the most popular things to do is to say, I'm going to the Virgin Islands, or a friend is going on a trip, get me some Cubans. Save your money. Oh, yeah. Okay? 90% of all cigars sold as Cuban are and counterfeit. That, and, that, and that's a low number. And Cohiba is by far the most counterfeited of all the, the Cuban cigars. Right. Okay? And this is my favorite. People say, I got a good deal on Cohibas. No, you didn't. You absolutely bought a counterfeit. Because right. if you're going to buy a Cohiba Siglo 6, which is one of the most famous Cohibas there are, it's a 25 to a $30 cigar. That is it. And you bought it on a beach for 50 bucks for a whole box. Right. It's not possible. It's just, if, if you're in Cuba... Too it's, good to be true. They're still $25 a cigar. That's what they are. And, you know, sometimes they're decent, sometimes they're not. The problem is draw with them. But, again, don't waste your money buying a Cohiba when you travel abroad. 90%, 90% of the time plus, it's going to be a counterfeit cigar. If you, are, if you do want to buy Cubans and try Cubans when you are away, here's the best way to do it. Go to what's called Casa de los Havanos, right. which is the cigar store, retailer, retailer stores owned by Altadas. The, Altadas, which owns the Cuban brands, and they control the inventory, and that way you know you're getting a true Cuban. But you're not going to get a deal, and you can't bring them into this country. No, you're going to expect to pay 25 to $30 a cigar. But if you're in Canada and Montreal, there's a Casa de los Havanos there. And, and it's more money because of the taxation that's over there. You're going to pay $40 for a cigar there. Right. And is it worth $40? No. But if you want to try one, that's the way to do it. You want to know that you really smoked a Cuban? That's the way you got to do it. And then decide if you like Cuban cigars. And when I've gone away, the brand I I particularly stay away from 
is Cohiba for right. that particular reason. Plus, I've had it. I want to try the, the smaller brands that are s- smaller in production, and typically I get a better drawer. I get a better chance that I'm going to get that Cuban-esque taste. One of your favorite Cuban brands. Give, give me a favorite Cuban brand of yours. Uh, Quay Dorce. Very, very elusive. Very hard to get. And very not, not um, made, uh, what do you call it, counterfeit. Right. It's, no, it's because not popular be, because enough to be counterfeited. You wouldn't know what it's made for, I believe, is it Spain or it, a certain country, and that's a, it, it's exclusive um, to be sold into that country. And it's very mild. It's mild. Which is non-Cuban. And I would say not very mild, but it's mild in comparison to Cuban cigars because Cuban cigars are full-bodied. So, you know... I. I'm a retailer. I mean, customers come in all the time. Hey, you got any Cuban cigars? No, we can't carry Cuban cigars. The embargo's in 62, blah, 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 and you get into that and stuff. So what would you like? I want a mild cigar. Well, you came and asked him for a Cuban cigar. Now you're looking for a mild cigar. I know. You don't know what and you're talking about. And that's hilarious, yeah. Right. You don't, you don't understand. And, you know, we, we can go. We can have a whole show on this. I know. But the answer is, you no, know, you, you don't want a Cuban cigar. Let me – I want you to have a great experience. Right. The cigar store, when you go into a cigar store, no cigar store – is trying to sell you something you don't you don't like. They want you back. Right. So we're trying to sell you what we think. So there's going to be some questions asked of you, and, and we're going to try to figure out what you like. We're not going to ask you what you like because we're going to try to figure it out because you think you like a Cuban cigar or you think you like that cigar you got when you were on the beach in Hawaii. Right. And underneath the palm leaves when they handed you a, 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 some tropical drink and everything, life was beautiful, and you smoked a mediocre cigar that you thought was the greatest. You, you could have smoked an El Producto and thought it was great right. sitting on the beach. I'll give you a, a Cuban cigar that I would try if you do insist on going to a Casa de los Habanos, which is not a bad thing. But uh, there's a brand called Trinidad. El Trinidad. Full body. Which is a full body cigar. And they make this small cigar that comes in a five-pack called El Reyes. E-R-E-Y-E-S, El Reyes. And uh, it's not going to be counterfeited again because it's an obscure size. It's a small little um, petite Corona, uh, tiny little cigar. Oh, my God, one of my favorite cigars of all time. And I think they're like five bucks a piece or something like that. But um, you want to try a Cuban, there's a Cuban for you to try. Here we go. Well, we talked a little while ago about Tarano, uh, going Carlos Tarano going on his own. Going on his own, and he's going to come up with a brand uh, one of his brands that is going to be made in one toba- from tobacco in one year from a, to- from a particular field. What cigars usually are is a blend, a complete blend from different years that crisscross and end up turning. What they're going to try. It's hard to make a single crop cigar because now you, you're only tasting this one thing. Let's, let's equate it to food again, okay? You're going to have a plain hamburger. Are you going to get the McDonald's quality meat, put it on bread, and eat it plain like that? No, you've got to dress that thing up with cheese and mustard. You don't ever want to eat a plain McDonald's hamburger. But if you're going to eat a plain plain. beef hamburger, go get awesome quality ground sirloin, 80-20 or 80-20 ground chuck, grind it yourself, put it on the grill, grill it to medium rare, and you've got all one hamburger done by itself that's good. Plain with nothing on it. Right. Same thing to do in cigars. It's very difficult to make a single crop, single year, one blend of tobacco cigar that's going to be great. Well, next week on the Cigar Authority, we are lucky enough to have the rock star of the cigar world, Pete Pete Johnson. Johnson. It's a good way to say it. He is kind of the rock star. I think so. He's full of tattoos. He's a young, hip guy. Great guy. Out of California, L.A., and uh, Pete came out with his brand Tatuaje a few years back. Great yep. cigar. 
and it is full-bodied, very Cuban-esque in flavor, uh, with a good draw. Pepin Garcia makes all his stuff, and he ma- he actually, between the two of them, they 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 uh, helped each other gain the, the celebrity. Gain notoriety, absolutely. Because Pepin right now is like the hottest cigar maker in the industry, and it was Pete Johnson that, that was the first brand. It was highly, highly rated. Everybody was talking about it. Now there's lots of things Pepin make. But they're coming out with their own single vintage, single farm cigar. Yep. And it's called La Verte. And it, it will be launched next week on the Cigar Authority. We will be the first people to try it. Pete Johnson is Ooh. flying in for the show. And we're going to smoke it. And this is a, a 2008 harvest of a single farm in Esteli, Nicaragua. And we will try it first and see if they can take a uh, single plantation, single year production and make it into a good cigar. And this is an, an uh, unorthodox approach um, for, for this being done before. We know Tarano is coming out. It's not out yet. This will be the first one. To hit I'm, the ready, I'm ready to, to, to be very critical of this and say it's going to be difficult to make this right. Well, let's see and talk about a small batch. This thing is going to be very, very small. There's not going to be very many out there at all. It's a high-ticket item. This cigar is going to run $25 a piece. Oof. That's a lot of money for a stick. Well, we'll see. And um, as I said, the first time will be next week here in the Cigar Authority with Mr. Pete Johnson, the rock star of cigars. He'll be here. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to try it. Yep. Go ahead. Before we go, we we got only a minute here. Uh, The Carrillo cigar, the Ernie Carrillo cigar, unbelievable. So Go much raspberry one. at the end here. It's like I bit into a raspberry seed now. I'm getting essence upon essence. Very unique, uh, very mild, great cigar. I highly, highly recommend you try the cigar. You it's have fantastic. to try it. It's a short run. Don't miss out. You will miss out if you wait very much longer. They should be in lots and lots of cigar stores because all of us are trying to help Ernie because he's, he's starting up again, and we all know him for many, many years. So this guy can have legs. We need to help him just yep. like we have to help. Uh, Bill on short run stuff that he ends up making. Support these small makers. Yeah, White Birch Brewing. Right. And um, and Pete Johnson the same way. Can't wait. Next week we got Pete Johnson. We've got that La Verite uh, single batch cigar. What else we got next week? Uh, We are going to be in Seabrook for it. We'll be in Seabrook live for those of you who want to join us. And you can get a La Verite. You might be able to get one there at the time. It doesn't hit the shelves for another couple of weeks. But uh, we'll be in Seabrook next week smoking that with Pete Johnson. And Pete will be there all day, not just for the show, but he'll be there even after, and he'll be running promotions and specials. And usually his special is um, the cigars he gives away when you buy his cigars, a a rare, um, you know, small batch things that he put out, or not really put out, that he only gave away. So that's always cool anyway to smoke some of those things. And he he really wants to know what you think. You tell him, you know, you liked it, you didn't like it. You tell him the truth. Right. You know, he's a guy that wants to hear the truth which I think they all should, but, you know, there's some guys that just want to pat on the back, and that's all they want to hear. you got the, you got the wrong show if you think you're going to hear that. We're going to tell you the real deal here on The Cigar Authority. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. This is The Cigar Authority, David Garofalo, Tommy Grella. We'll be back next week, same time, same stations. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>